0: Murder, Man.
1: This is Ari Demon, the first Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. And you are listening to Murder, Metal, Spreading Man. faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder, Metal, Man! What's going on, guys?
0: Heidi ho, Heidi ho.
1: Got a little Ari there to uh, bring oh, yeah. in the uh, the cheer tonight. The first Jason Voorhees one. doing some promo for Murder Metal Mayhem. It was cool to meet him a couple of years back at the Dark History Convention. So. Yeah, that was pretty fun. So it's Tuesday, and we're doing that thing we do here at Horns High Studio, guys, episode 115 tonight. Going to be a good one.
2: Fucking
1: uh, How are you guys uh, doing tonight, Joey? Got your Cubs hat on over there.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing all right, man. Too bad. Right.
1: Cool. Chris, can, everything good at Shawback Nation? You guys party <laughs> for your brother's birthday? Yeah, That's cool. we had,
0: cool. A, we had a, little sh- a little get-together for Michael's birthday. It was fun. Had no, it was it was a home. good time. That's cool. Excellent. I'm sure
1: you guys like read together and, you we know, stuff like that. Bible worship.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, do you guys dig my new shirt, man? I got I a Kevorkian, that. Yeah, that Kevorkian fucking oh, t shirt. Yeah, yes. uh, artist Lou Rosconi, amazing dude, amazing artist. Um, he's just fantastic. And anyway, he was running a deal on his website. So I thought, you know what? I try to support the other arts yeah. out there, and, and I'm a fan of Lou's and uh, like his work. And so, yeah, I bought this shirt, got it today, and just Pretty really did tight. it. Yeah, so very, very cool.
2: The first time Gormonger was ever on a pro-pressed album was a compilation put out by this company, Serial Killer Records, uh, from Oklahoma, but Lou did all the, the artwork for oh, it. Oh, nice um it's called the last supper well i have to bring it over sometime and show you but it's oh like yeah basically the last supper obviously mm-hmm. but with serial killers and oh players. cool yeah.
1: yeah oh cool yeah well, i'm sure it's awesome yeah. oh hell yeah that's very cool so uh we got another mini uh, dominus uh, that we got here yeah. thanks to the guys from super seven sent it in uh, already have one, so we got a second one. I saw, I think he was fighting with Chris Benoit, or was this some kind of struggle <laughs> yeah, earlier, over yeah. there with he him? Was. So now there's two dominus, so Domini.
2: Now they
0: got yeah. to fight for dominance. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go.
2: <laughs> Not to mention, there's a big ass mask called Dominus in the studio already. That's right. That's
0: uh-huh. right. So we got a lot of
1: Dominus going on in here. So very, very brutal stuff. Uh, now, last week, guys, was a good one. Episode 114, we did our creepy October start, and I think we did a good one there. Yeah, I thought we Hell did yeah. too. Man. Pretty crazy. Illinois Asylum for the Incurable Insane. People I loved were that. checking it out. Yeah. They were. We're at like 1,200 listens so yeah. far. Uh, very cool just um, that name itself is insane I know yeah, for sure and we talked about some of the notorious patients that were there and some of the awful things that went down but overall I mean it was actually a pretty cool you know different way of looking at mental health and yeah, the patients absolutely. really loved being there uh, not the typical insane asylum by any stretch no not at all but some of the people there were pretty fucking disturbed and you know and and we tell some stories about that and
0: Get into the paranormal the, a little the, bit. So The doctor's different tactics on how he handled it was awesome, too. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. George Zeller. Uh, so check that out if you missed it. We CK talked about Orange Goblin, yep. which was cool, uh, another U.K. band. And, uh, of course, the final Hellcoming match with the winner – Uh, Chris from Flowery Branch, Georgia.
0: Very, very awesome. Got to call Um, him right afterwards to let him know what was up.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. We tried to record it, and the computer was just like completely being an asshole (laughs) and was not making it any easier for us after a long night. So we just called him, and yeah, it was cool. And I also talked to Nihilist Jello because he was the runner-up, and I called him. And we talked for a little bit, and he's a really good dude. I told him if he wanted to come on and do a show with oh, us yeah. all about it, he was all about it. Great, so, nice. so yeah, so that'll be – I know that Nihilus didn't win, but he's a really good dude, and he's a stand-up comic, and he's an actor. He's in a new movie on uh, on uh, Prime, but unfortunately right now only the trailer is up. But You guys got to check it out. It's called Pigster. And he right. plays this like wild pig. It's fucking crazy, man. Right. Nihilus Jello plays him and another character in the uh, movie outside of the costume. All right. Yeah. He was telling me about it on <laughs> the phone, and we went to watch it because we were like, "That sounds pretty wild," you know. But it's just the trailer and only the, the trailer. So he was going to find out what was up. So anyway, Nihilus Jello. Well, and also
2: because whenever we talked to Chris, yeah. down in Georgia, he was even. You know, he was like, "Man, even though I won, it would be cool to hear." <laughs> he did oh, say that, oh, for sure. Yeah, So he'd be down with it. Oh, anyway.
1: without a doubt. And last year, last time we did with March Mayhem, we yeah. had Stephanie, and then Justin came in. So yeah. it's all good. I think all the listeners have been great sports about this and really been cool to each other, and that's awesome. So metalheads are that way, no matter what anybody Stick fucking together, says. Stick
0: together, motherfucker.
1: Now, tonight we got another good one, guys. We're going to be taking another creepy fucking subject on. Joey, you suggested this one. Yep. The uh, Yuba County Five. It's a bizarre story I'd never even heard of before about five mentally challenged young men from Northern California. They went to a college basketball game and never came back, man. Uh, Definitely a fascinating story, and I'm glad you suggested it, Joey. What?
2: and I suggested this one quite a long time ago, really. Yeah. And what's really cool is doing it now during the October for the creepy. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, it, it is
1: perfect it's like, for it. What the fuck, man? Yeah. I mean, Chris, I'm sure you would agree. I mean, this has definitely got an eerie, like, what the fuck. Oh, 100%. <laughs>
0: like, some of this shit in there is like. Why? How,
1: I you? know and then you watch like the documentaries or you listen to podcasts about it and it's like you think it's creepy as shit and then it's like <laughs> but then this happened yeah, it's like, yeah, and yeah. then this happened and you're <laughs> like really like fuck yeah. what the hell so it's a good story I'm anxious to do it. We got CK warming up. Uh, Joey's doing some jumping jacks tonight, getting ready, right? Loosening up, doing the metal feature on a big fucking band, Chris. Huge band. Who the, the fuck are we gonna slayer. do?
0: Slayer, fucking Slayer.
1: That's right, man. <laughs> fucking Slayer tonight. It's gonna be sick. Was uh, that
2: fucking? Uh, was it uh Jim Jim Brewer? Where he's doing the fucking skit. It's like you—you you can't just say Slayer. It has to be like fucking Slayer. Fucking Slayer. I think it was, I can't remember. that shit was funny though. Oh hell I yeah! See,
0: I see this shit like on fucking a meme or some bullshit. It's like it was a McDonald's sign that says, "Please stop coming through the drive-through saying fucking Slayer." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So yeah, we're gonna be doing
1: Slayer tonight, and because of that. We decided to do all Slayer for the bumper music. Fuck yeah. So, and a special one at the very end of the show that I'm sure you
2: guys will get a kick out of. And we even did Criminally Insane in the last show. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we've been all about it. Uh, and we'll talk more about that and Metal updates, CK's Lost Classic, and much more. So definitely stay tuned for the Metal segment coming up. Got another new contest coming, guys. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, I just dropped this one Friday. The season's beatings. Season's beatings.
0: Get Beat the fuck out of them. <laughs> uh,
1: we're going to be doing another contest. This one's going to run through the month of December. We had such a big uh, outcry and love for the hell coming. We had a big uh, audience response from the March Mayhem, so right. we thought, why not? Let's do another. So we're going to have uh, serial killers tag team pet matches with rock stars Musical or metal musicians. Art, yeah. So there'll be tag teams, for example, like maybe Gacy and Carrie King fighting <laughs> Ted Bundy and Phil Anselmo. So right? Would Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> yeah. So that that that's pretty fun. Yeah. And what we'll do, guys, is the four of us—me, you, Chris, Joey, and CK—we'll come up with our own our list, list and we'll combine too. them. Yep and uh and we'll come up with uh we'll probably go with the 32 since that seemed to work pretty well with yeah. the tag teams last time.
2: We'll have to remember uh to to match up the matches so they last 4 weeks for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll definitely do it differently <laughs> this
1: time, yeah. So uh so we're working out all the details but we'll keep you guys in uh, up to date on that. But Seasons Beatings, it's going to be a good one. We're still looking for a sponsor for sure. Got a couple things in the works, but we'll let you know once we are know uh, anything for sure. Uh, Killer Cage Match tonight, guys. Got a few listeners to thank, Chris. We got
0: my girl, Rebecca Bossack. Boomsock. Yeah, Boomsock. I can't read yeah, it. Yeah, it's a
1: weird pronunciation. I, I Sorry, I, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm stupid.
0: <laughs> who else? And we got Cody Durst. Cody Durst is back, man. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah,
1: we had a little exchange. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that.
0: And we got Holly Smithson. So fuck yeah, guys. Thanks for yeah. the fucking numbers.
1: Yeah, thanks for giving us the random numbers. Got a good matchup tonight, Joey. Who do we got? This one's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, we got Jeffrey Dahmer and Catherine Knight fighting damn. to death in the cage.
1: Now, Catherine Knight is a fucking mean mean bitch. bitch, So (laughs) that is not like, oh, wow, he's got to fight a girl. I mean, this is like
2: fighting, like, three men. And Dahmer wasn't, like, that mean of a guy. No, he wasn't. No, I mean,
0: he he worked out and whatnot, but, yeah, it wasn't like he was, like. Catherine Knight's beating
1: up, like, Australian fucking Outback dudes, you know, so. Out there Colnock and kangaroos and shit. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they got two objects to fight with and a variable, so it's going to be awesome. Uh, we haven't done Killer Cage Match in a while since we've been doing Hellcoming, so we're definitely ready for it. And, of course, that'll be on in the Mayhem segment. So, Got uh, huge thanks, of course, to our friends at Spellbound SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. For sponsoring the show, Chris, I mean, we just talk about them all the time. All the time. Just amazing.
0: Great artwork. Fucking, like we said, all, every time, fucking the lamp, fucking killer shit. Spy. Yeah.
1: Fuck all yeah, the body dude. parts, the fucking dead baby head, Joey. Body. I yeah. mean, that's pretty yeah. brutal. Uh, the masks he can make the, the COVID mask that looks like fucking human skin and shit, <laughs> pretty, pretty
2: sick. Our so, new commercial we shot, we'll have some shots of the. Yeah, of the we stuff do we have some.
1: Uh, we do have some stuff that we're going to talk about with the commercial. That was fun. Hell yeah! But yeah, SpellboundEffectsandArt.com is definitely awesome. So go check them out. Support the underground. Tony Campagna, just killing it down there in South Florida. All right, thanks to all you motherfuckers listening to Murder, Metal, Mayhem. We continue to see the numbers rolling in. About 4,000 listens this week. Nice. You guys kick fucking ass. Uh, Now, Danbury, Connecticut, I could not believe it, actually knocked Chicago off the number one spot for Cities Listening. After two years, Chicago has been number one, and now Danbury, but then they switched again. Chicago
0: back Back on top today. I didn't think that would last long.
1: I didn't think so either, but hell yeah, man. Danbury, Connecticut's about the size of Bloomington, so that's cool uh, that there's that many people listening there. And, of course, that's where C.K. is, so I'm sure the – you know, sixteen, eighteen, twenty-year-old girls <laughs> going fucking nuts over there for CK. So I can't blame them. <laughs> but he's got the Western Connecticut State University campus right there near his apartment. Just go and by. I'm that's sure that's probably what like it Wild is. Wildman
0: Street. I know who lives that's there. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> right.
1: So, uh, but uh, US is the top country listening with 84 percent of our listeners. But Canada and the UK are number two and three respectively. So that's awesome. Uh we were at two hundred and ninety six two to- uh, hundred and ninety six thousand total listens when I checked it today um a. so we're gonna crack three hundred thousand here in a week or so uh so that's really awesome. so thank you to everybody Fuck wherever you're listening it. so Fuck yeah now, Chris Joe, we got a lot on our plate tonight gonna be heading west to the frigid Sierra mountains of northern california It'd be a little nippy a little snowfall a little bit shit <laughs> crazy story about these five young men disappearing but only four bodies recovered so
0: yeah let's get our mystery on for sure fuck yeah
1: fuck yeah man sadistic butcher that's one of my all-time favorite slayer songs oh, man yeah. the fucking angel of death so brutal joseph mangala as you were saying joey while we were listening to that is man we got yeah, oh, yeah, to do mangala yeah oh yeah he's definitely so. needs to be on the list because he is fucking. <laughs> he's legit as the
0: angel of death right he is fuck. i
1: was but yeah well, what a yeah, piece was, of but... fucking garbage but uh yeah that would be a good topic For another day, but tonight, of course, we're in our murder segment, and uh, we got an interesting one, keeping with the creepy October theme we mentioned, Yuba County 5. Joey, a good one. Uh, Definitely a weird case from February 1978. Uh, I was born in February 1978. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. So what happened? Maybe some sort of weird tie-in. Right. Like Maybe Shawback <laughs> came into the world and like just some chaos and shit. That's went That's it. Down. That's the end of the world. Man. That's very possible. The Antichrist was born. But
2: uh, <laughs> if they had all died of alcohol poisoning, then I would I would believe it then. That's funny.
1: Now, Joey, you suggested this one as we said, uh, and I find it very fascinating. Now, how did you f- stumble upon this one? Because it's uh, a good
2: one. Yeah, when I first heard about Yuba County Five was actually because I lived down in Southern California, and I uh, hung out with this buddy, Mark, and we would he would take me hiking some of the spots up there because I oh, cool. he, he was a local, so he knew where to go. And he's the one that first told me about because he knew I was into like you know uh true crime shit shit right so he told me that tale which of course was creepy as we're climbing up these fucking mountains and shit (laughs) you know and i'm like okay well that's fucking crazy because who knows what the fuck could happen up in these motherfuckers but uh no that's how i first heard about it and like he told me his rendition, which is probably you know just like how everybody from out there tells it, right? Local, the, same, yes, the local right? story. But then, of course, I was so fascinated by it, I had to get on the internet and fucking look up all the shit I could about it. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really, really good story. I think it's very interesting, and like we've said, it fits very well with the uh, topic at hand and the kind of the creepy theme. Uh, Chris, what about you? Had you heard about this before Joey brought it up? Honestly, no. Yeah, I never even either, had man. no idea dude yeah it's really really cool I always love it when one of us brings up something the others had never even heard of because that is rare with people that follow this shit like we all do. Yeah. right?
2: Another thing that I love about this story, and that I'm glad we're doing it, um, is because it's discussion-worthy for sure. Oh, yeah. But also because it doesn't have a definite closing to no, it. No, right? yes. So there's my, still mystery beyond where yeah. the story ended. So I always love yeah. that, too. Yeah,
1: I agree. It, it leaves a lot to the imagination. Right. Now, so so you guys know what we're talking about here. We've got five young men from Yuba City, California, which is northern California, up there by Sacramento, a town of about 65,000 when I checked it. So it might have been a little different in 1978, but probably not much. Right. Um, four of the group were mentally challenged and knew each other for years because they were members of a local group that supported – those with special needs uh, called Gateway, and um, you know the the four men that I'm talking about. Uh, Bill Sterling was 29, uh, Jack Hewitt 24, Ted Wyther, I think is how you say that 32. So he was the oldest, and Jack Madruga who was 30. Uh, now the fifth one, um, Gary Matthias, he was 25. Um, but he was not mentally challenged like the rest. No. So he had
0: some issues, Chris. Hey, he's a uh, uh, schizophrenia. Yeah. He had, he's schizophrenic, taking medication for it and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. He was an
1: Army veteran
0: who was discharged over that. Right. So he was a paranoid
1: schizophrenic, like documented, diagnosed, discharged from the service, uh, and uh You know, put on meds, as you said, and uh, Jack Madruga was also an army vet. um, But, um, you know, Gary was new to the group and some wondered how he was even part of Gateway since he was not mentally challenged himself. And we'll talk more about him because this story, as it develops, Joey, it gets pretty wacky. Yeah. And certainly, there's a lot of finger pointing at Gary Mathias. Right. I mean, and for for obvious reasons. Okay, I mean, yeah, like I we see. said,
2: this is—I mean, this case is over forty years old. Yeah. And God damn it, I am old. Ain't I shit. <laughs> but, but it's a case that's never the the questions have never been answered. So forty years of questions getting tossed around. Right, Shit, there's bound to be... Everybody's got their own answer and thought and everything. A lot of
1: conspiracy theorists and UFO stuff and all sorts of
2: things.
1: (laughs) Now, they were known as the boys um, to their family and friends, were also members of the basketball team at the Gateway Gators. So that's cool. They had their own team and they were going to be part of this tournament. They were all fucking oh, pumped they were up loving for this. it, dude. About it. Yeah, Special Olympics was putting it on. They were going to be in the first round, the Gateway Gators. That's all they were talking about. Gary was part of the team as well. And they had their parents, you know, laying out their uniforms like a couple of days ahead. Like, being prepared and (laughs) shit. Like, super excited. They didn't want to miss any of it. They wanted to go. And the big prize, though, Joey, was pretty cool, man. What were they going to get? They were going to go
2: to, uh, was it Disneyland in L.A.? Yeah. 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 Well, Anaheim, but um, outside L.A. But, yeah, they were going to get a trip to go to Disneyland. and Mm -hmm. That would have been huge for them. Pretty awesome. A
1: week in Los Angeles. Yeah. and I always get Disney World and Disney Lane yeah, confused. Right, so, yeah. uh, the boys were overall very good-natured, uh, but Gary was definitely different, and he had become the, the leader of the, of the group, and he often was the one that kind of decided where they were going to go, what they were going to do. And the other parents did not like him a whole lot. Um, and, Joey, I do find it odd that Gary Mathias was even part of this group at Gateway. I mean, what do you, did you find out or know no, anything? That's- I
2: was even seeing, I was looking up some other stuff, you know, that I had still hadn't read about uh, more recently whenever we were doing the podcast now. And like there were other accounts and they were just like, nobody can explain how he became a part of that group anybody that group's been closed and anybody that has been associated with has been deceased or oh really yeah so there's no way to ask or figure out how the hell he was part of it now it's it is you know something to say that when he was a sophomore in high school he got put into a psychiatric ward his parents said he had a bad hallucinogenic trip on drugs. Um, right,
0: I remember hearing that. Yeah,
2: Gary Mathias basically had a problem with drugs all the way uh, through most of his life. Yeah, um, through the whole time he was in the military. I mean, which right. definitely lead. You know, he was a schizophrenic, and doing hallucinogens is like not a good idea. No, that's like yeah. gas It's a great on fire, idea, bro. Right? Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when he was in, uh, you know, when he was in the military, he also went AWOL and when he got caught he was in the you know brig or whatever they call it right and he called you know these guards to the to the door and they come and open it and he's naked and yeah. he fucking comes out and he blasts one of the face and he said that's how he was trying to get out of there but any anyway, i guess my my point is with all these things that he did right. maybe there was somewhere in there that he was suggested to go to this group for his problems, maybe not that he was mentally challenged, but because he had these other psychiatric problems, right? Is somehow he was pointed that way? I'm not sure. So yeah,
1: it's very possible. That, that's the only
2: thing I can think. But yeah, like I said, they like other people, like uh, reporter stuff, have tried to find that answer. Right? No one can find an answer. That's how he crazy. became associated with them?
1: Yeah, because they were very easily, you know, influenced. Yes. So if you've got somebody with fucking paranoid schizophrenia True. leading a group of guys that are very easily influenced because of their mental disabilities, that's fucked up, Yeah, that's, and that yeah, should so have that never I happened. Could. No, huh. A couple of the men had IQs in the low 40s, so anything below 70 is mentally challenged. So these guys were, you know, a couple of them were, were
2: really, really mentally challenged. Um, I, that's what I was trying to wonder, um, the one guy, I can't remember his name now, the one that was uh, also a vet. Madruga. Yeah. Yes, Madruga. Like, how he made it into the military under yeah. that situation. Yeah,
1: if it was like Vietnam, I could see, because, because they were probably taking letting about anybody, anybody yeah. in there. Okay, yeah, but, that's, you that's know, you would have had to pass some basic tests. But, I mean, there's I mean, jobs you could do in the military that you don't have to have a high IQ right. to do. you got to have, you know, strength or endurance or whatever it is. Yeah, And I don't know what his job was, but, I mean, a you know... Being able to follow orders and be a good soldier you don't necessarily have to have out of the park IQ. Right. As a matter of fact, a lot of the best soldiers are not, you know, the smartest guys in the bunch because a lot yeah. of the smartest guys in the bunch think that that's what they are right. and don't fucking listen. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, exactly. And that's the problem. Yeah. You know. So they try to beat that out of you in basic training, but you know, some don't ever stop. Right. right. no, yeah. they don't you. last long.
0: Yeah, I'm smarter than you. You can yeah, kiss my they're ass. They're just so, not yeah. good.
1: Uh, Now, Bill Sterling, uh, he hated the outdoors, and Jack Hewitt hated to be away from home for very long. Uh, Ted Wyther had lacked the basic common sense, his family said, such as understanding why you had to stop at a stop sign, or why Mickey Mantle could hit a ball further than him. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just it's sad, but that's you know that's the the mental capacity we're talking about here. Jack Madruga had problems holding down a job, but loved this fucking car he had. So all the stuff that happens to them just doesn't make any sense. Um and as you said, Joey, the story of Matthias is very different than the rest. These drug problems definitely made worse in the army. He's discharged in nineteen seventy-three because of all these problems and the drug and alcohol use. Also, of course, being a paranoid schizophrenic, even though Vietnam was still happening, that was how bad it was. He definitely got out. Um, And he was, you know, if he was on the meds, his family said he was all right. But if he was off them, not so much. Right. Um, Apparently his sister was the same way because I saw or listened to something uh, that had the uh, brother, or maybe it was the Sacramento Bee article, some reference to a brother-in-law who was divorced from his sister uh, that said that both Gary and, and, the, and sister the sister both were the same way. And had the And if issues. they were on their meds, it they was all right. But if ship. not, uh,
0: watch out. Oh, so I could only imagine two of them.
1: Man. I saw yeah.
2: something else with, I don't know if it was his parents or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I they don't. killed themselves.
0: It and, was
1: something, yeah, like that.
2: But definitely the family had other Oh, yeah, there was a big-time
1: history here that I'm sure had something to play in this whole mess. Um, there were you know, accounts of some of the things that he did off his meds that we'll get into later. Uh, he was being treated at a VA hospital for the schizophrenia and somehow, like we said, ended up in Gateway with these others. Uh, he was also working part-time, I saw, for his dad's landscaping yeah. business. At, at Which the time. at
2: this time that he ended up with the guys at Gateway and he was doing that. From all accounts, he was doing very well. He
1: was doing much better. Yeah, he was on his medication for like two years. right?
0: good or whatever.
1: Right. So, I mean, maybe he was making strides to improve, and they thought Gateway would be a good, you know, give him something to do, you know, playing basketball with these dudes. Um, You know, other than the fact that, you know, he had, of course, these underlying issues. uh, The boys decide to take a trip uh, to Chico, California, which is about an hour from them. Uh, to cheer on their favorite college basketball team from UC Davis in an away game against Chico State. It was the night before the tournament where they were supposed to be playing. I found this kind of odd. Um, they were functional. Uh, Jack Madruga, of course, drove them right. uh, in this 1969 Mercury Montego. He looked Dude, that I actually looked car. that up. It was
0: a pretty tight-looking car, man. I, I saw Fuck. that, too. Yeah, it is pretty tight. <laughs> I'd drive the shit out of it. It was a it. turquoise
1: one, too. It looked really sharp. Uh, Jack was the only one, aside from Matthias, that even had a driver's license. Um, and Jack was also very possessive of the car. Yeah, they just can't loved imagine
0: he wouldn't let somebody else drive it after he Yeah. Used, like, it's fucked, dude. Yeah,
1: and this story, as we get into it, these things matter. So that's why I definitely wanted to make a point about the car. Now, Chris, I'm finding it hard to believe a trip like this in the winter is a good idea for these guys, especially the night before the big game. What do you think? Why did the parents let them do it?
0: I mean, they've been friends for a long time, and there are a couple of them that are they're, yeah. they're good enough, and they take care of each other, but love. I mean, how how can you really stop them? Yeah, I mean, it's a
1: different time, you know, and maybe the the parents thought, you know, they're good kids, and who was it? You know, they they they've they've been working hard. They're all excited, fired up. Right, you know, let them go. They're all
0: friends. It's not that far away. Let's go to this game. We're gonna watch it. Get prepared, excited for tomorrow, basically for our game. Right. So like, whatever. But there was that one dude that wouldn't leave his house because they had, sch- they were scheduled. Like right. basically they were all scheduled, like how they did things program right. basically. And right. the one dude that wouldn't leave his house when it was burning because he was tired and it wasn't part of his schedule. Didn't know. And understand. he had to go to work or yeah, something was like that. He trying to sleep yeah, for work or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: I mean, you're talking about, like you said, people on very tight schedules. So doing anything out of the ordinary, definitely a lot, you know, would have taken a lot out of them. Um, now it's crazy that they wore, you know. Again, it's winter time, but they probably figured they're going to go from the car into the inside the gym the venue, and then back to back the car. Out, yeah. They wore light clothing, and at the moment, that doesn't seem like an issue. But of course,
0: none of them are ready for what's about to fucking happen. You know, one of their mom even asked or said, "Hey, take your jacket." Yeah, no, like, oh, I ain't going to need it tonight. Like, oh, you're going to need it tonight. Right. <laughs>
1: But in February, Northern California, it gets cold. they do get snow, and I'm surprised the parents were okay with them going. Um, I'm not sure how good a Mon, or uh, the Montego would be in the snow
3: right it was definitely
1: <laughs> a sharp looking car, but I mean I'm not sure about you know road you know handling ability in a snowstorm so that's why and, I am surprised
2: and, uh, I, I mean they ended up not even being on really the road right right. So, yeah, not right. like the actual. Yeah, they really. were like really in the sticks.
1: Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, the UC Davis won the game, so they're all fucking fired up. They left the venue, they drove a short distance to Bear's Market in Chico uh, to buy some snacks, and they said they got some milk and sodas and candy bars and shit like that. Uh cashier remembered seeing them that night because she you know, said they showed up right before she was getting ready to close, Because yeah, so she was 10, pissed. Yeah, pissed
0: off, like all these dudes coming in. Like yeah, it's like 10, 10
1: o'clock, she's ready to close. But, Joey, it is strange how they bought random stuff like that, so they're definitely
0: not planning on
1: what winds up happening. Would you agree? Yeah, it doesn't seem that way. Um, but then is it their mental ability? See, that's what I wonder. Yeah. If If they thought they were going to do what we're going to talk about, right? you or I or Chris would definitely prepare differently than these guys. So I wonder, were they that naive that they just didn't think they were going to need anything? And
2: that's where all the the unknown speculation comes in because who knows what kind of bullshit Matthias is feeding them. Right. Telling them, hey, we're going to a party or right. who, who knows what. Sure. So grab some snacks, whatever. Right. Or on the other hand, did he never say nothing or was he just never the none of this shit. Right. We, we just no don't idea. know. We just don't know. But That's it seems right. like that could be part of the situation. Yeah. Like Why else? You know. Would well, he was usually down?
1: calling the shots. Exactly. So they were. Yeah. they were kind of prepared. Right. You know, that was their thing, you know, as they followed what he told them to do. Uh, but again, like you said correctly, Joey, we don't know. We're just throwing you know ideas around. Now that was the last time anyone would see them again. Um, that we're sure of. There's some there that one lady that said she saw them the next day, but right. we'll get to that. When they didn't come home, the police were called the next morning to report them missing. Um, this would be the start of an investigation that would just baffle the authorities. Uh, to this day, we really don't know, as, yeah, as we've said. Happened to him right. at all, yeah. A few days later, I can't imagine his parents must have just been beside themselves. A few days later, the 1969 turquoise Mercury Montego is reported by a park ranger at the Plumas National Forest. Uh, they had a heavy snowstorm the night of the disappearance And uh, he saw the car then, but he said he didn't report it because it was kind of, you saw people park there when they'd go hiking. Right, right. But then when he saw the car show up on a report, that it was
0: missing, and it's like, oh wait,
1: I Whoa. know where I fucking seen that yeah, car. Yeah, I seen Come that
2: long. car. I still, I still have to wonder. I mean, nothing. I mean, who knows what this dude was thinking or anything like that. But you would have to wonder a car like that in those conditions, and then all of a sudden it's snow, and it's like, right, where, where are these people? And Do what the hell mean, are they, they out think, doing? Go look yeah, at I know. Point? I
1: was kind of surprised too that like, anybody used to drive it in the it. mountains. Yeah. is not going to be driving a car like this, right? Um, so that to me also seems kind of strange. But he reports it and so they find it. Um and the strange thing though is the Plumas National Forest, Chris, is a little bit away from Chico. Yeah. It
0: is not as close as they thought they were going. It's seventy no. miles away. And seventy
1: miles in bad weather in a fucking mountain, dude. I mean this yeah. road was like gravel. In the and shit. Storm,
0: <laughs> yeah, like no good, no good.
1: They were definitely the opposite direction of the way they should have been going back to Yuba City. This is the fucking Sierra Mountains, rough and bumpy road. The fact the car was not scraped up at the bottom, Right. the cops from up there said, you have to know how to yeah, drive up here to not tear navigate. your car up. Yeah. So, they,
0: they said even some of like, uh, the conservation vehicles and shit had fucking shit from bottom Oh out. yeah. And this little car didn't, so it's like, how the fuck did it get there? Right,
1: very, very strange. You know, was Jack driving it that slowly that it, you know, he was able to hold it together? I right. don't know. Was someone else driving? We don't fucking know.
2: Did UFOs pick it up and put it there? Right. <laughs> right. We don't fucking yeah, we know. Don't know. Did CCK come <laughs> right, and right, do right. it? Did <laughs> Dominus fucking do it? We don't know. All right. <laughs> did the man with spots
1: come and do it? I don't know. So very, very strange part of the story. But the strangeness is just getting started here. Um, but the, we all know that Jack would not have willingly let somebody drive this car. No, right? Oh, no. So that leads you to wonder what happened. Now, Joey, there are obviously some theories about Hended Up out there. One of them was that Matthias had some friends in the area between Chico and this forest where the car is. And that possibly they could have taken a wrong turn. I don't know. What do you think about that?
2: I mean, it's a possibility, but if that's the case, like, where are those friends, and why aren't they speaking up? And Gary Mathias is still missing. So, what are the? Ideas? Yeah, if if he had some friends. That met him there and picked him up because they were doing some bogus shit to these guys or something. Maybe that's a little more understandable if yeah. they were in on something, but still, that doesn't even seem likely because there wasn't any like robbery or anything right. like that. So, one of now, the documentaries
0: guys, I was watching was saying that they even contacted those friends. Like, we haven't heard from him. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, have you Which guys seen? That, they weren't covering for him, just saying. Oh, thing. sure, sure. Now, have you guys seen the
1: docuseries Murder Mountain? I have no. not. It's really good. It's definitely worth checking out, but that is up in northern California. It's where the pot farms are up right, there. Right. It's I some what, fucking I haven't seen a gnarly fucking about. shit that happens up there. I was wondering how close these guys were to that because if they got tangled up in some Somebody's of that shit weed growing shit especially
0: would, back in 70s. Yes, right?
1: but I looked on map. I googled it. Six hours away. I, I, so I, I, I'm like, uh, okay, that was definitely not it. Not, yeah. I just had no idea. Right. I'm thinking Northern California, yeah. gee, how close are they to Humboldt County? Because right. that's what they call it murder. The cops fucking call it that. I mean, it's some right. brutal shit. Definitely check that out. That's a good uh, docuseries. Uh, it was on Netflix for a while. And if it. Still is or not? Yeah, also, I, I haven't seen it, but I knew it was on that. But I
2: wondered if they could had something to do with this, but I don't think so. Which that would make sense too. But on the it other would. hand, none of these dudes were like executed or anything like that. Right,
0: right. It was like no
2: True.
1: bullet holes in the head or right. anything True. like that. Yeah, yeah. Because if that would so have strange. been the case, they'd have got shot up yeah. or yeah, beat to death. Um, now, the families of the boys found it odd since none of them were familiar with this area that they would have even gone there. As you said, Chris, creatures of habit, schedules, right. they weird out in even the slightest change. So Jack Madruga's family found it very strange that he would have taken his car on a road like that in a snowstorm based on you know the way he was with that car. Uh, the keys were missing. Uh, at the time, they were not in the car, and one of the windows was down, which also would have been strange for Jack. He always locked it up and rolled all the windows up.
0: Kept it was, safe. It's his pride, very pride sp- and joy. Yeah, like, And he loved that shit. Yeah,
1: totally understand. Uh, the police found wrappers for the snacks around the car and a candy bar partially eaten in the back seat. So just really weird. Now, Chris, the car had about a quarter tank of gas, wasn't stuck in the snow, so I mean what do you what do you make of this so far?
0: I mean, I know we got more uh, of the story to go, uh, but something had to get them out of the car fucking for some reason to not stay if the car was stuck, which come find out it literally able to go but right if fucking uh if even if you were stuck, I would at least stay in the car right. and stay warm even if you gotta start the car and turn it off every now and again just to conserve that way it's not running constantly not dying off carbon monoxide fumes coming into the car right once you get like that but something had to get them out of the car and yeah and nobody it's fucking weird because that's what i would have done right especially in that's not knowing where you're at because there's no way they knew where they were at no
1: and you wonder
0: because of their
1: diminished capacity if they just just you know, w- what seems well, what do we common do? sense we to just us? get out and go this way? To them, oh, we're going to go get some help, you know? Right. And they walk off, you I know, hard Should just to used say. their damn
0: cell phone. Yeah, right? <laughs> Could have
1: Facebook, live Facebook. <laughs> right, like, hey, somebody come out here and me, man. <laughs> so one of the interesting parts of the story has to do with the man, Joe Shones, uh, who was in the mountains that night in February, checking the conditions of the roads and stuff for a family ski trip he was getting ready to take. He finds himself in a fucking situation. A bad though. situation. Holy shit. His car gets stuck in the snow and he's trying to push it out. He has a fucking mild heart attack. Definitely <laughs> not a good damn, fucking that deal. Yeah. In a snowstorm, he's in a world of shit. He has to what we were just talking about, Chris, stay the night in the car, turning it on and off, you know, conserving gas. He's stuck in this car for six hours. He claims he sees the lights of a truck behind him. Of course, he's ecstatic. He's got some fucking help. And out of the truck steps a group of men with a woman and a fucking baby.
0: Which seems fucking crazy
1: in a fucking Very snowstorm. Weird, right? And this is what he's claiming he saw. He said that he saw them outside of his car. He called to them for help. Then the headlights shut off, and then the group walked away by flashlight, and then the flashlights abruptly went off. This is what he told police, and he also said he heard whistling, like whistling among yeah. them as they walked off. That's fucking
0: weird. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Joey, this is odd as hell. The boy's parents said this was not like them to leave someone like that especially in trouble there was some story about them bringing somebody to the hospital right yeah like prior to this of a kid that was like overdosing or something was going on so i wonder if he really saw them did he see somebody else or was this dude like out of his fucking mind from what he was going through a heart attack to imagine he saw a woman and a baby and the whistling i mean
2: yeah i mean it's that seems to be plausible at this point because I don't see where else any of this comes in. Right, uh, it just adds to the mystery. Another strange thing that occurred. It and the really other does. Thing, I mean, this dude, if he really believes that's what happened, he has no reason to make this up at all, anyway. Right. He it's not like he stands nothing to gain. You know, it wasn't like
1: he was trying to sell movie rights. Exactly.
2: Or something. Yeah. Like so it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um maybe it was just part of delusions on his part but if not i don't know what the fuck yeah i don't know either chris what do you make of this (laughs) yeah
0: i'm about the same way because i would freak out if that shit i was stuck in the snow all of a sudden lights and there's like bunch of dudes and a lady holding the baby and the lights cut right. I'd, I'd freak the fuck out dude. <laughs> <Right. I'm> like <laughs> what the hell is happening right now there's right. so many
2: questions because it's like okay what if this is the vehicle that came and picked up gary Mathias, and that was his friends that was, or it, his people or whatever right. and he took off of them okay so we still will never answer the question why those dudes all just stayed where they were at right so, the possibility, I'm just saying, another possibility, the headlights is somebody that Gary knew, and that's how he disappeared. Right. They pick Gary. Now, you know, up, another
1: right? possibility, we haven't even gotten into it, is it could have been fucking Nihilist Jello as the pigster. <laughs> came out of nowhere. I don't know. I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, crazy with the Joe Shone story. Uh, he runs out of gas the next morning. So, this motherfucker walks eight miles to a fucking hunting lodge to get some help. How fucking brutal is that? After are having a eight heart miles, attack. Miles has shit. a fucking heart attack before that. Right. Slept in his fucking car for six hours. I mean, holy shit. Now, the hospital that treated him confirmed he had the heart attack. So, I mean, it was legit. Now, the Montego was found about a mile from where Joe Schoen's car was found, but it's
0: uncertain. If this was the source of the a headlights, a mile away is freaking kind of far away. So, I mean, it is. The headlights are on that bright and you're seeing people, that's closer that way closer I would than a agree. mile.
1: I would agree. Uh, it's just very hard to say.
2: And it was Adam and it was a truck.
0: Right. And right. saying it was a red truck, right? And with that
1: many people in the car, where the yeah. truck would make more sense than a car, but. I guess if it was a boat, I don't know if a Montego, how many people you could fit in it, but he was saying five car. guys, a woman, and a baby, for Christ's sake. that's a... Hey,
0: man, it's back in the 70s.
1: Babies don't need to be in baby seats. I know I wasn't. Oh, no, well, yeah, well, I know that. <laughs> I know that. Uh, so it's it definitely makes you wonder, but it does seem coincidental that it was found so close, but not quite close enough to make it look like truck lights in your rearview mirror. Right. So I don't know what's up with that. Now, there was a clerk at a small store in Brownsville, which is about 30 miles away from where they found the car, uh, who says she believes she saw the boys. The store was on the same road as where the car was, uh, just 30 miles away. Uh, The following afternoon, she says she saw them. Uh, This would have been the day they were supposed to be at the game. So that seems odd. Days later, she identified them from flyers that she had seen. So she saw them, didn't think anything of it, saw the flyers. It was oh, like, wow! Hey, I just saw Plus, those there guys. was like a $1,200 reward at the time, uh, right? Like, oh, I seen them. So they that's one that of the way. things people suspect that right. she made this up just for that. But I don't know what she would have gained because not like if yeah, I don't know what you don't get a reward if they're not found, right. right? So hard to say. Um, the manager actually of the store agreed with her, but who knows they could have been in cahoots. Um, but she said that she saw they were definitely not from the area. Of course, you know, back in the day, there were no video cameras today. We would have been able to see that and corroborate that. Right. But, uh, she said that, you know, she definitely saw, uh, that they didn't look like they were from there. And Joey, she said two of them, Bill Sterling and Jack Hewitt were using a phone there and jack's family was like eh, i don't think so why was that
2: and i i feel like if if those guys had been calling anybody they probably only had a group uh core of people that they would have known their numbers i uh, Right. would have called and one of those people would have been like hey yeah I got a call from them well, and sure. no one ever did
1: right right and Jack hated using the phone his brother right. said he used to have to take messages for him when his friends would call because like, I, I, he, cause he talk didn't even want it. to talk right. to them let alone just anybody right. so it doesn't make much well, that sense that is a good
0: point they would have just back in the day core of numbers that you knew and nobody well, sure. got a call that's from that's a good point like, that's, yeah that's a good call I didn't yeah. think of that
1: Now, Chris, it would seem odd that the guys would have missed the basketball game that they were so fucking fired up about, so I wonder if they just lost
0: track of time, didn't realize it. Uh, They'd lost track of time real bad, I guess, Uh. because they were never found for a long time, so it, it definitely makes it really odd that they were so excited about this game, been been about like we talked about earlier, having the clothes laid out ready to go about right. it, and, and now, now they're now off they're on a no excursion. Yeah, now they yeah just buying off snacks of convenience stores and Gotta walking get around Snickers and walk around in the snow. Fuck, yeah, fuck very the very weird.
1: In. Now the story keeps getting stranger though.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Heavy snowstorms are continuing through the winter, so this is a bad winter up there. In June, they still haven't seen any you know, sign of these guys. Four months after their disappearance, a very strange discovery is made. A group of motorcyclists up in the area stop at a campsite, which is where these trailers were kept, about 19 miles from where Madruga's car was found. Yeah. Um, So that's a fucking hike. That's a fucking
2: long hike. In the the fucking fucking mountains, mountains, up the fucking hill, too. In the fucking snow. I mean, that's how my grandpa used to walk to work. (laughs) And and back, yeah. And back, both uphill. Uh,
1: The cabin was set up for hikers if the weather got bad. It was stocked by the National Park Service, which is smart. Clothes, blankets, food, books, water, you know, heating, you know, uh, gas gas for propane heaters and shit. They stocked this place up in case somebody got stuck in the bad weather. Like I think I had something like two months of supplies or something. No, they had a year of dry food they had a year of. They fed
0: all five of them for a year.
1: Yeah. Damn. Now upon entering the trailer, an overwhelming stench of death was present, so they knew something was up. They went and got the cops. They find the body of Ted Weathers or Weathers. Uh, in the bunk bed covered with eight sheets tucked in all around his body, even his head. So there would have been no way he could have done that himself. Autopsies of this motherfucker. He's got gangrene and his feet are so frostbit Five of his Five toes are missing. Toes, yeah. right? The agony they said would just be unfucking believable. Said there's no
0: way he could have covered himself because he would have just been in so much fucking pain that he yeah. wouldn't have been able to fucking move. Yeah,
1: there's no way. Um, the body uh, under autopsy shows he died from hunger and hypothermia. And based on his beard growth, the authorities felt he had been there for at least thirteen and weeks. I saw eight
0: to thirteen weeks. Just That's crazy. Up in that fucking cabin, just. Cold, hypothermia not and not eating starboard. with the food right there too right which is-
1: he lost a hundred pounds he was 200 pounds going in he was 100 pounds coming out on the table next to him was found a watch that was not his which is very mysterious but a ring and a necklace that was his uh he was found without shoes on and the police believed the watch was a clue but never were able to figure out whose it was. But none of the families said it was their yeah, kids.
0: It's like it definitely didn't belong to him. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, Joey, it makes sense that Ted, it makes it doesn't make sense, I should say, that Ted would die of hunger with all the food so close by. But, I mean, you're talking a year's supply
2: of uh, freeze dried stuff and other supplies that he right. could have been eating. And, okay, so this dude loses some of his toes and probably isn't up for walking and moving around himself so maybe that's why he couldn't get up and find the food however like you said he was initially tucked in somewhere right by someone right and if they found him and he was still covered up like that then he obviously hadn't um shifted and moved and, or wasn't active enough you know at the end of his life
1: yeah maybe he was dead and whoever it was tucked him in and fucking took like off right so, so that, the shoes
2: that, so that adds to it okay or his boots cuz he had boots i think right so That makes you think, okay, out of these five guys, here's one dead and the possibility that any of these other ones were dead or alive after him. Right. It's like you try to come up with timelines for this, and it's just fucking ridiculous. Right. But there are certain things that you go show, and it's like, yes, obviously somebody was alive after him. Right. But who, why, or what? And why didn't those people get the food? Why didn't they set something up to get the heat going? Maybe they didn't know how. That's true. I mean... Chris, do you think
1: that Ted lacked the common sense that he wouldn't have eaten if he was starving to
0: death, and couldn't have been able to use the propane?
1: I mean, possibly
0: that. Like, but as far as the the eating fireplace
1: thing, wasn't even used. Yeah, I there mean, was no fires,
0: so yeah, maybe, maybe didn't. They didn't uh have a way to light which i'm sure there was matches instead so there had to be think, a fucking yeah. way to do it They got everything else right why you're not gonna have some matches or something right. there's i'm stuff sure there igniting, was stuff there yeah lamps as far as the food i do know that uh gary that the can opener they had to use is like a military style the p38 the p38 uh can openers yeah. so like if he was the only one there at the time and he didn't know how to—I'm not sure what they look like or not.
1: Yeah, I was, I was actually trying to find mine and I couldn't find uh, it, but they're very small. I mean, it's like the size of like three a half to three quarters of your pinky. really. And it's got a little swivel on it and the swivel comes off and it looks like a little hook. And, and you, you push it in the can and you manually open it that basically, way. It would not be obvious to me if I if wasn't no in the military it, and right. saw that and thought, Oh, that's a can opener. Right. Because so, a lot I mean, of guys that. put those on their keychains.
0: Right. In the but Army. I did see uh, also that there was another another uh like, cache of food or whatever that was outside. There right. was, like, 35 cans of that that they, they had, had been eaten. had been opened and eaten, right. yes. So, so they that, ate some of it. But, yeah, but then there was a whole other year supply of right. food. Right. I know. So it
1: doesn't make any it's sense. so strange, dude. Um, now, the search parties established to look for the other men. Uh, they found the bodies of Jack Madruga and Bill Sterling about four miles from the trailer on opposite sides of the road. Uh, autopsies would show they died of hypothermia. Jack had the keys to the car in his pocket, so that's weird. Um, one of the bodies was ravaged by animals, and the bones are scattered about. And this is fucking crazy. Jack Hewitt's father was part of yeah. the search party. Looking yeah. for him. Even oh. though they told him not to, it's he like, did anyway. And he finds, he he finds his jacket. Oh, yeah. man. He picked up his son's jacket and his spine fell out of it. Yeah, that dude. was the only thing left. That's fucking I thought up. they
0: found his skull like 100 feet away. They found the away. skull
1: like 300 feet away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, at, but that at that moment, that's moment all it's like, that was like, oh, there. shit,
0: that's all that's left of my kid. I that's got your back, up. son.
1: Yeah, right. God. That's fucking brutal, man. So yeah. that's just that's tough stuff. Um they did confirm it was him. He had his shoes, his clothes were nearby, and then later they found the skull, I think the following day, three hundred feet away, and dental records confirmed it was Jack. So I don't know guys about the way these bodies are found and Ted in the trailer, I mean, do you guys have any rational thought here do you think everybody said after ted died they were like let's get out of here and they all left or do you think they maybe left one at a
0: time i just don't know you know i kind of feel like they the three of them or whoever was left fucking just left either that or ted Ted might might have got away from Gary, and he found the fucking goddamn. See, I think trailer. Gary's
1: sneakers were in the the trailer, and he took. He took they believe he took uh, Ted's, Ted's boots because he they didn't were have boots. Size and shit. Yeah. So he wore the boots and left his shoes at the at the trailer. Right. So Matthias was at that trailer, I think, at some point. But yeah. 19 fucking miles, they would have had to walk Yeah, to get to that fucking shit is crazy. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. And I don't know how else you would have got there. It wasn't like they were getting airlifted by a helicopter. So They didn't have snowmobiles. No, like, yeah. no. I mean, this is rough fucking terrain here we're talking about. We're not talking about a little walk in the woods. This is like professional hiking type situation.
2: He's like, hey guys, we're gonna go snipe hunting tonight. <laughs> snipe. You ever hunted a snipe before?
1: <laughs> now the you know the the fact that Matthias is never found more than forty years later, um, you know, definitely makes you wonder, you know, what happened with that. Did he did he take Ted's boots and just take off and never was found? Uh, his body is the only one they haven't found. Um, as you mentioned, Chris, the Sea th- uh, Rat uh, cans, Sea Ration cans, that's what they used to use before uh, MREs were a thing. When I right. was in the Army, we used to eat Sea Rats every now and then. They were actually really good. Oh, they right. would bring them in the field It come like, you know, like those Encore, like lasagna, like yeah, those yeah, big yeah. old fucking yeah, I know metal pan about. and it all like, you know like the foil cover yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what they're like. And you used to use the P38 to open them. And they were really good. Um, they had a really good pound cake, I remember. That was the shit. Right. So some of these sea rats weren't too bad, but then the MREs came around, and of course you could put them in your pocket. So they were, and in the they're fin. all
0: dry and what the fuck? No, the
1: MREs no. were were like uh, they came in pouches, and they yeah, were it's got
0: soup like beef stew and shit like that. Yeah, the tuna
1: tuna casserole, and they uh, they would keep for ten years. And the thought <laughs> of eating tuna casserole that's ten years old in a pouch was kind of gross, but some of them were really good. Um, so. Only Matthias and Madruga probably would have used the P thirty eight. I'm not saying the others couldn't. I just don't know if it would have been obvious if you didn't know what it was that that's how you open that can.
2: Well, and Madruga, I don't. I didn't see any. I mean, he had his keys, right? And I don't. I didn't see anything where he had that on his keychain. No, anything, I didn't either.
1: So. I didn't either. So most people. Um, you know, studied this case. Have really looked closely at Gary Mathias because he's the only one that you know wasn't intellectually challenged. He had the schizophrenia. He's obviously going to be off his meds if he's in the woods for fucking weeks. Um, the family was reluctant to help the police figure out what happened to him.
2: That's a, that was some weird shit. Yeah,
1: and they were the only family that was that way. Um, Mathias had serious issues with violence. I um, mean, he had many different episodes before, during, and after his time in the Army. And as I mentioned, he had some friends in Forbesville, which was not that far away. But as you said, they talked to them. They said they never heard from him. At least that's what they claim. Now, Joey, do you? Want, I know we talked a little bit about some of the violent acts. You talked about yeah. he attacked them in jail. Right. Um, the hitchhiking, or yeah, you know, the dude That's when he crazy. got out of that hospital.
0: Yeah, what was that deal, Chris? Oh, fucking, he escaped basically. Escaped. Well, dude,
1: wasn't he at school or something, and he didn't want to be there, and his mom and dad
2: wanted him home.
1: Is that what it was? Oh, yeah, so they he were, like
2: f- hung up the phone, and then they were trying to get him to come back, and supposedly because this is he by was his in, like account- Washington State, right, right, yeah. and he uh, he made it all the way back down there, and when he shows up, he's like fucking super disheveled and everything else. Supposedly, from his accounts, he survived because he hitchhiked,
4: right, yeah, and walked and everything. Five right, yeah. hundred
2: miles, five hundred. Yeah, and he said that he survived by stealing dog Mil- food and right. milk, and off, milk people's off people's porches yeah. because right. that was
0: back when they still deliver milk and yeah, shit. yeah.
2: Uh, supposedly, he escaped three hospitals. Right, one of them he came through the fucking Shawshank Shawshank style. Yeah, yeah, through, through the, the, the fucking drainage ditch.
1: Um I wondered if that's where Stephen King got the idea for that, you know, <laughs> right? seriously.
2: Uh you know, something else he did was um a couple other things, but uh this it, when he got discharged, you know, medical discharge from the army, the same month that he got discharged, he's at his cousin's house. Right. His cousin has a 17-year-old wife. She was um she was on medication for something that was wrong with her. Right. That night the cousin, wondering why it's taken Gary so long to use the restroom, walks in, finds him straddling his fucking passed out wife, fondling her breasts. Right. And, you know, <laughs> he gets charged for that. Right. But he That must up, have been a fucked up confrontation. Yeah. But he ended up what not getting in trouble for that because he did get in trouble for the the cops ordeal when he hit them. Right. Something went on where, where he pled to one, you know, the other one got dropped. Or right, whatever. something like that. But that yeah. did happen. And uh, then there was another uh, case, like, right before, you know, all this shit happened because there was, like like, the coach for that Gators basketball team and all that, like that dude said – yeah, even when he had his shit together there at the end, you still always felt like something might go down right. with that dude. Oh yeah, and there was some there was some other incident that also occurred where somebody in UBER whenever he got back down there. Found them in their house. He had busted out a window. I do remember opened that. Opened the lock, oh, came yeah. in, and so they were like, What are you doing? And he was like, I'm for looking Satan. for a ring for Satan to return I do to re- Satan. Yeah, I do <laughs> yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't
1: there an incident with like a three year old too?
2: He yeah. was going to kill a three year old uh, or something? I don't know if he was going to kill her or what, but he said that he would like shoot her jaw off or, or something like that, something with her jaw. Wow. And that's whenever the family's like, uh, You got to go. Um, he had also, I can't remember who the hell he was talking to about this, but he even made claims before all this shit happened that he had dreams that him and several people disappeared. I
0: did. Re- I do recall yes. that. Yeah. that. Which is just fucking either weird or that. just
2: straight up foreshadowing.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, Nina. Chris, what do you think about Gary Mathias? I mean, do you think these guys got hooked up with some bad people that maybe he knew or maybe they ran into at the game or maybe Matthias took off and the rest of them just didn't know what to do and ended up in bumfuck Egypt. I mean, Man. there's this red pickup truck that the guy, Joe Shones, said he saw, but and then that woman at the, at the convenience store said she truck. saw him in a red truck. And Gary so obviously
2: didn't, you know... If he was going to be out there by himself on some bullshit, you would think he would have stole Matthias's car. Right,
0: right. Why wouldn't you take the car? Why would you walk that 20, 19, 20 miles through the bullshit? Right, like don't make sense. I mean, it doesn't it make. I guess. And it then Jack
1: if, had the keys in his pocket the whole yeah, time. So, so it's no, like fucking weird. Yeah, I like don't if know. they stole his car, why wouldn't they have kept it? And how did he have the keys? It doesn't right. make any sense. I no. do
0: think. I do think that if Matthias had anything to do with their desk that it was after they got to the fucking cabin he didn't have his medication he just started flipping his shit sure and now who are you people like just wigged out could have i mean i could see that oh, yeah. happening but totally oh yeah especially comes, if you're snowed in like that as you it start
1: weird now like the shining you know
0: but all the corners you well from the from like the ted's that was still in the trailer and shit his body and one other body. They straight up said, though, that was from exposure and hypothermia is how they died. There was no, like, right. any signs of any other Right. He didn't attack or trauma. They weren't killed no, by
2: homicide. Or, yeah. There right. was no
0: sign of homicide at all. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, one of the podcasts I listened
1: to mentioned that Matthias would have most likely been able to get out of those mountains since he had done that 100-mile uh, walk or hundreds of miles of walking. I would argue that walking on a fucking road is a far cry from in the mountains in the snow. Yeah, way bigger. Uh, I wonder if the guys that do the podcast I listen to that said that have ever actually walked in the woods because I've been <laughs> hunting with my dad before and that's a motherfucker. Yeah. Especially 19 miles of it. Holy shit. Without the right gear. Without, yeah. No. That's definitely not I a comparison to make that he was able to get from Portland to Yuba City right. now by being hitchhiking a, and stuff. I didn't
0: see anything. I know none of the other guys had anything found on him, but being that trailer has f- a safe zone in case people dig get laws, maybe there might have been hiking gear there, yeah. and he just took it all. But it's possible. That's a lot of stuff to take if there's not any there. F- at all. Why would you have enough there for one person and not multiples? right salt. and how do
1: we know that there weren't other hikers there right right you know Previous. i mean there could have been yeah. other people hold up there when they got there and they got into some bad shit i mean it's hard to say you know i mean it's so
2: strange Is like the the car is 19 miles from this cabin right so if you bring these people up and you're trying to get to this cabin like okay we're going to this cabin. we're going to party i know where this spot's at yeah but you don't park 19 miles away in those kind of conditions. Right. Um, Definitely. So, Unless he didn't realize it was that far. Right. So yeah. the probability that you, that you come to now is that, okay, so these dudes obviously got out of this vehicle for whatever reason, probably got lost in these woods, ended up finding this cabin at some point, right. why they had the hypothermia, you know. But there's still a billion other questions that are unanswered, even that way. So right. that's like the that's the that's the theory that's most con, you know, thought. Sure, that, that they got out of the car, they fucking struggled through this fucking train. A couple of them made it to the spot. Gary probably, you know, died, fell down a ravine, something eaten by right. animals. animals. Sure but still it doesn't answer anything and I it's know. still so weird why anything would go down the way it is or why they would ever even get out of the car in the first place right. or go up there in the first place. Yeah,
1: so. it's the like you said the more questions you try to answer the more yeah. questions come up, you know. Um I think Matthias like you said, I think he was at the cabin, I think he decided after uh, Ted died take his boots or before, I don't know. And he headed out, and I think he ended up in the same condition as the others. They just never found him. I mean, this is fucking steep, brutal terrain. I mean, he could have been anywhere, and eaten by animals, you wouldn't have found anything. And
2: let's also look to the other side of this, because a lot of it's going to look negative towards gary with a lot of your you know suspicions and things oh sure the possibility is that it was never anything like that something totally fucking yeah haphazard happened they ended up in this place and he did take the boots because he was going to go try to find help sure and And he could have died trying to find help right so of course it might not have been a a bogus thing at all it's just right we don't know
1: that's right that's right
2: (laughs) Now, I
1: hear a woman from Yuba City, Debbie Lynn Reese, said she got a mysterious call yeah. days after they disappeared. So as if this story wasn't weird enough, guys, Right. Uh, the man states on the phone, I know where the missing five men are, and, and then he hangs and, up.
0: Yeah, and at that point, everybody knows who you're fucking talking about. Yeah,
1: I mean, she's in Yuba City, so I'm sure it's front you know, page news, of course. He calls back days later and says, I need help because I hurt them bad. The following day, he called back and said, those guys are all dead. I'm just hung up. That's very it. fucking weird. So who the fuck was that? Could that have been Matthias? And if it was, why would he refer to him as the five, the five guys? Could like, have been the guy in the truck. Could have been, right? Yeah. Could have been the pregnant woman on hormones. Right. You know? <laughs> it could have I been don't the know. baby itself. <laughs> I don't know. Um, or the woman with the baby. Yeah, no, I don't know. Could have been just the know. baby. Could have Maybe been the baby. baby. Like, could <laughs> have been the picture. Don't know.
0: Demon fucking baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, very, very, very weird. Um, now, another thing about Gary Mathias, you mentioned this, uh, or we were talking about the brother in law. And then also the story that you mentioned, Joey, about the friend that said he would disappear. Yeah. He had dreams that he was going to disappear with others. So really weird. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries reached out to help the families, but the Gary Matthias family refused. Uh, the other families told the police that they felt Matthias had something to do with it. Um, it definitely makes you wonder. I mean, he's the easy scapegoat here yeah, because he was his never body found. was never found.
0: So it's like, yeah, blame him. But he, he could gotta...
1: have been the same boat as all of them. They just right. didn't make it. It's a
0: sad story. Like he said, fall down a ravine and shit, like yeah. somewhere where nobody's
1: looking. Because this dude right.
2: had. Z- Zero reason to do anything like that, or right. to disappear to make his life disappear. Sure, right? Because that's not easy either. Yeah, no, and he was doing really good. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, he was kicking ass Up to that point for right him. for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. So now, one of the comparisons I did see—if you do any research about this—you'll find too. Uh, they make a comparison to the Yuba County Five with a very bizarre incident in Russia at the Diatlov Pass in 1959 oh, yeah. was a group of nine. They were actually ten, and one guy got sick and bowed out early. He was lucky. Nine very experienced Russian hikers that were killed in Siberia under very mysterious
0: circumstances. And they were geared up.
1: They were geared up. They were pros. Yeah, they were geared up. And they all died, and they were like brutalized, too, like tongues ripped out and some pretty gnarly shit. If that story interests you, uh, go check out the Dyatlov Pass, D-Y-A-T-L-O-V, 1959 in Russia. Pretty, pretty crazy stuff. But I see the similarities only in the weirdness and the unanswered questions, but... Very different circumstances with I mean, that's a good one for
2: us to possibly visit. It, too, is, so.
1: it is a good one for us <laughs> to do for sure. Uh, anything to add, guys, to this uh, tale of craziness? Uh, I think we did all right on this motherfucker. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, my research for this one was done with a couple of documentaries on YouTube. I also listened to a couple podcasts. I really like the True Crime Guys. They had a good one on this. I just didn't agree with their assessment of how Matthias may have just walked out of those woods. But, you know, to each his own, that's their take. But I do like their podcast, and it was a good episode. I also uh, read a very good article in the Sacramento Bee that you can find if you Google this uh, that came out a few years ago on an anniversary of the incident. And it also talks about how Matthias, um, you know, his background more, and some of the things we referenced here about the violent history, and his mental health issues. So if a, you a want to read an article
2: it. by them. I saw that article, but also by the bee. I saw, that's where I saw the one talking about his cousin and how he tried to oh, yeah. fondle her and all that shit.
1: Yeah, there's some good stuff from the Sacramento Bee because, yeah. as we said, it's not far from Sacramento. Now, next time, we're going to be featuring another fucking bizarre case, <laughs> Paul Bates and Chris. Hell, yeah. I've been watching some documentaries. This is some fucked up shit here, <laughs> man. These Jeans-
0: fucking... Pretty fucked up, man. He was in uh, he was in The Exorcist. He yeah. was an x-ray technician in The he Exorcist was. movie. So. He was a
1: real-life x-ray tech. And then uh, he
0: uh, killed somebody. And he <laughs> killed somebody,
1: and they think he was suspected of six others in the bag murders. Uh, bodies dismembered floating down the Hudson River in bags. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one. We'll talk about that one next week and a little bit of the curse that seems to surround that Exorcist movie. Uh, the set, the cast. I mean, it's some really creepy shit that's happened yeah. to those people. So uh, you definitely don't want to miss that one next week. No sure, like Paul right. Bates and the bag murders. It's uh, pretty uh, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so we've done our fair share of murder tonight, guys. So I hear that familiar music.
0: Yes, CK
1: doing his calisthenics, getting all ready to tear up some fucking metal knowledge. And Joey, what the fuck do we need to do?
3: I want to ride.
1: Let's get off metal, up. known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers and murder metal mayhem's knower of all things metal. Hailing from Wildman Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal, punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only. Toughest bastard on the planet,
3: Chris CKovic!
1: What's up, man? What's happening? What's up? What's up? Yeah, guys got the zone fucking song and everything, Chris. I mean, man, what the hell do you make of that? Fucking bossing. Fucking cocky son of a bitch comes strutting in here from Danbury, who actually unseated the mighty Chicago on the top uh, ten. Joey, what do you make of that? That's pretty wild, man. All those women in Danbury just swooning over some CK. He's got got his whole fucking harem. He does, man. Or maybe all the women from the volleyball are now over at his apartment. I don't know. But uh, you got some people listening over there, CK.
4: Yeah, I I, Kind of, like, shocked me a little. That's awesome, yeah.
1: man. That's cool. People from Danbury digging on Murder um, Metal Mayhem. Probably so, the thanks. people in
2: the hospital and he was doing it from there. The priest. Yeah, the, priest. the priest. Yeah. priest that said it was okay it. to
1: say fuck. I mean, all that, <laughs> all those people yeah, are all knows? about it. You never know. You never know. <laughs> well, CK, we've been pumping this one up because you're going to be doing a band tonight that I know a lot of our listeners are going to love, a band that everybody, of course, knows that listens to this show. But what the hell do you got for us tonight, man?
4: I'm finally
1: going to do Slayer. Nice. Got to do Slayer. Fucking Slayer. You can't say Slayer without being like we were talking yeah. earlier. Yeah. Fucking Slayer. Mm-hmm. Fucking Slayer. Well, you know
4: we'll, I mean? well, fucking Slayer up to a point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> for, for me. Yeah. Then, then then you know, wheels fell off. But yeah, I'll, 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 I'll talk about that. that. That's just my opinion. But, um, yeah, they formed in um, 81, and it was Kerry King, Jeff Hanneman, Dave Lombardo, and Tom Araya who formed the band, and despite what everybody thinks, they were not formed in the Bay Area, they actually came out of the Los Angeles area. Right. Um, which made it even harder for them coming from Los Angeles, because obviously that was where
1: the glam shit
4: where all the glam shit was and they did not fit that image at all obviously Metallica moved away from that to get away from that scene because they didn't fit but um Slayer never technically moved away from the Los Angeles scene um that's where they were that's where they played no they played the Bay Area at times Bay Area at times but um For the most part, that is where they were from. Uh, And they recorded um, some demos. Caught the ear of, obviously, the one and only Brian Slagle, who at that time was forming his own label, Metal Blade, and um, featured them on the Metal Massacre 3 compilation with the song Aggressive Perfector.
2: Which isn't even their song, right? Judas Priest,
4: right? <laughs> no, no, that's their song. "Aggressive Prefectors" is their song. What song? You're about? thinking of "Dissident Aggressor"? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah, bad, my, my fault. Yeah. No, you're thinking of "Dissident Aggressor"? Yep. <laughs> that, that was Judas Priest. I, I song wasn't even song. thinking
2: of the timeline of when they did that.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was South of Heaven, but um, um it got them a buzz. It got them the recording contract with Metal Blade. And the band, with basically no budget, because Tom O'Reilly basically fronted the 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 recording on his own with help from Kerry King's father, because he was basically the only one who had a full-time job at the at that point. Um, they entered the studio in late November '83, and the album was recorded very quickly. Um, Basically, it was released three weeks, oh, just about three weeks after the album was recorded. So it was rushed to the shelves, and I remember um, seeing the album, seeing the imagery of a, you know, the satanic imagery and, and the songs, and I was like, "Oh, I got to get this."
1: Oh yeah, same here. <laughs> you
4: yeah, know, and I bought it home, and it was it was different than Metallica. It was different than Venom. Um, a little bit more faster than than probably, well.
1: Yeah, and the subject matter it. made it more taboo, you know, especially yeah, yeah, in that yeah. satanic panic era, you know.
4: Yeah, you know, Our you parents had, you were had all had freaking
0: muscle. the fuck out, you know.
4: I love that term, yeah, I mean, satanic
0: panic. Though i fucking yeah, love that. that would be a good term. band name. Man. It would be. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but um, that album did. Did really well and and now that, that album Carrie oh, not Carrie King Dave Lombardo did not play double bass at that time.
1: Yeah, I think I read uh,
4: that. He only used one bass drum. He wasn't a double bass drum player at that time. <coughs> um, soon after that, they recorded a three track EP, "Haunting the Chapel," which even got more darker with with the um, themes and was even more thrasher than the than the first album showing no mercy It basically gave you showed you where they were going for their next album hell awaits now between showing no mercy and we, hell awaits is when dave lombardo was taught how to use the double bass drum by um gene hogan gene hogan was the one who taught him how to how to use a double bass drum and you know, to double bass drum, so... Yeah, Hoagland's a
1: fucking animal, man.
4: Yeah, he was doing, and Hoagland was doing that before anybody, really, now since he was a teenager. But in 84, they recorded, um, to me, the classic Hello Weights, which was even more darker, more extreme, the tracks were a little bit longer, a little bit more progressive, um... And to me, that's still probably my favorite album by them. Yeah, uh, to this day, just because it's so nasty. Every song on uh, that
0: album is fucking great.
4: There's there's not one bad track on it. And uh, at that time, Dave Lombardo was like the was like the thrash drummer at that time. Um, he was the man, to say the least. And um, Slayer caught the attention of, um, believe it or not, um, Def Jam Records. Um, Rick Rubin, Def owned Jam with um, Run DMC, baby. Yeah, remember
1: yeah. me and b boot b went down there to Def Jam. <laughs> oh and made yeah, a yeah, fucking right. idiot out that's of me, right. man. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's right. Fucking jackass.
4: Um, B-boot. And, and, and. <laughs> <B-boot>. <laughs>
1: I still have that sticker on my old base case. That's awesome. B-Boot Productions. <laughs> <yeah>. What <laughs> the fuck? I saw that idiot on Facebook.
0: Damn, dude. That's fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm not
1: going to say his real name, but yeah. B-Boot. Sorry.
0: <laughs> right. Dragged
1: you in the weeds, CK. But I'm just remembering that fucking train ride. To the city with him with that fucking shower cap on, <laughs> with the oh, fucking Jerry curl, fucking ridiculous, man. I'm not even exaggerating.
4: surprising you get your asses kicked.
1: Yeah, big time.
4: Yeah. But um, they um signed Slayer, the first metal band or even rock band to their to Def Jam Records, and uh, Rick River produced. The Upcoming album Rain and Blood, which you know pretty much had
1: classic everything
4: man. on it. You no, know, it's it, that is a classic, you know, had everything from you know Joseph Mangala to murder to
1: the, the anti religious stuff,
4: yeah. And um, Def Jam didn't have a problem with it, but their distributor, who at the time was Columbia Records, had an issue with it, right. To the point where they weren't going to put it out. So, what Def Jam did was they, they went to Geffen Records. Geffen Records was okay with it. Geffen Records distributed the album. Geffen's just like, uh, fuck yeah, Hill Satan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and,
4: um, you know, they put it out and came, I think it came out just almost 34 years ago. Wow. This month. Um put it out and it became the biggest charting album by slayer at that time obviously um 30 minutes of pure aggressiveness pure thrash um it was just a phenomenal album and i remember i remember people having a cassette and the cassette was so short because was only 30 minutes the it same had
1: thing on both sides right the,
4: the same thing on both sides i believe yeah, yeah we same were talking thing.
1: about that last week i yep. think joey right <laughs>
4: So I had to slip it over and play it again. Um, As you know, I was saying, it, it,
2: technically, Live Undead's longer than Rain and Blood. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it is.
4: Because <laughs> I think that's thirty-one minutes. Right. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think Rain and Blood is twenty-nine minutes. Right. <laughs> right it's like just two minutes, like that's a couple right. minutes longer. Fuck like, yeah. <laughs> but um, they tore the hell out of that album. And I saw them. They um, I forgot who opened up for them, but I I saw them. They were they were touring. They were headlining. I think I saw them at West Hartford Ballroom. Huh. Can't remember. But I think that was no it was the following year. The following album. Um. You know that obviously Rain of Blood was was the album at the time, and to to this day, many people say that's the Slayer album to own. Yeah. Um, it was their, you know, Sergeant Pepper, let's say, as far as what people think of it. But, um, they they followed that up when next year was South of Heaven. And, um, South of Heaven was a little bit more toned down, a little bit slower, a um, little bit heavier. But, I um, actually like that just as much as Rain and Blood I
1: do too man yeah. South of Heaven is fucking amazing man um,
4: it's got some great songs on it, great great lyrics great hooks and that's the album they did Dissident Aggressor by Judas Priest right um, and that was the the tour that I saw where they played the felt form in Madison Square Garden and Dancing opened and that was the The um, show where people ripped the seats from from the felt forum. Oh wow!
0: I've been to Slayer where that's happened, dude. (laughs) And
4: that was that was the last time um, any metal band or hard rock band played. Oh wow! And I felt far until, until it close and changed changed to the Master Square See, Garden Theater. You can or say you can like straight that. up say I was at that show, motherfucker.
2: I helped get
1: Metal
0: canceled. Fuck yeah, <laughs>
2: Slayer! <laughs> fucking Slayer! <laughs> Graham like Grahamado. I mean, like, yeah, Graham
0: like Graham I remember of dope. seeing
1: him at the Riviera up in Chicago, and it was like raining blood on the stage Hell and shit. Yeah. Right? It was so yeah. fucking sick, man. Wow, I've seen them there. I've seen them at the Aragon up there in Chicago. I didn't see them, I don't think, till I moved out here. Um, so I uh, missed the show you're talking about at the West Hartford Ballroom. But, yeah, and they were phenomenal live, man. They were so fucking, the energy was just intense, man. Just brutal. Oh, they were great. Yeah, any brutal. time I seen
0: Slayer live was fucking awesome,
4: dude. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I've seen Slayer f- four times in a row. Like in a row, um, like
0: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? No, I, like mean, in I mean, a row. four, four, four tours. <laughs> four four tours, tours in a row. row, right.
4: And I saw my in-between tours, and the fifth time was not anything like it was the first four times. But um, 1990, they followed... Um, South of Heaven, up with Seasons in the Abyss. Another Fucking good one, man.
0: Slant. That's a banger, and, uh, dude. Which,
4: which, to me, which to me was the last classic Slayer album that they recorded, was also the last one they recorded with um, Dave Lombardo. Dave Lombardo, right. And that may have something to do with yeah why why that why the wheels fell off and they started to go downhill. I don't know, but um that that was another another album that just crushed. No, that, that, um, dude, that's
0: a fucking I was banger. listening
1: to that today, man. That's fucking amazing.
0: Dude, back back in high school, dude, me and one of my buddies, we fucking hung out like all the time fucking, and we had the cassette Walkmans, right? Right. We fucking both have fucking Season of the Abyss on our Walkmans at the, and just push play at the same time. Because nice. you can't do it. Like, you, there ain't no Bluetooth or no shit. We're sitting in right. school and shit, like, listening to Seasons fucking at the
2: same time. It's <laughs> like, fuck you, yeah, dude. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs>
4: Um, you know, and they and I, they toured for that album. I saw I saw them on that tour, and Dave Lombardo was getting a little. I guess the usual you know musical differences. Right. He he wasn't happy with the with the direction of his band was going. He was you know, Dave Lombardo was always into the faster, more aggressive stuff, and um, he left and he eventually went to form Grip Inc. Um, with a couple of guys, and they also 1990 was also that tour, the Clash of Titans tour. Um oh, right. yeah. you Where know, they said where they said that was the end of um or the Thrash. beginning of grunge. Right. Yeah, because because they had um cause I remember I remember seeing this tour. I saw saw this tour at um.
1: Yeah, didn't they have Alice in Chains open? Was that the yeah one? It
4: was supposed to be another ba- yeah supposed to be another band? I forget who it was, but they. They couldn't do it, so *Alice in Change was was picked, and they got they got massive bottles thrown at them, you know. And I actually had the first the first album; I dug them. Um, and it's funny because, you know, that tour people were were lambasting them and throwing bottles, saying they suck. And a year later, those same people were the were the people who were buying. The Alice and Chains, album. right? Yeah, and, yeah and, like you know, a lot of the, the bands shirt. were yeah.
1: salty to Alice and Chains because yeah, they didn't they ha- got reciprocate sh- them helping right. them out by not helping up the metal bands after metal after was on its way out, out. I
0: saw some shit like you that. You know, they could have kind of
1: reached out and yeah. tried to help them, and yeah, they were pretty salty well, about
4: was it. More, it, it. Was more wasn't was more to the other bands than Alice and Chains. It was you know like Soundgarden, um, Nirvana, right. obviously. Um, they, they didn't want anything to do with the thrashing or the metal scene right because they um, want to do
0: heroin man <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess
4: but um no that was the last album with or last tour with Dave Lombardo and um no shortly after that that that's when the wheels fell off to me um 94 they got Paul Bostoff from forbidden who forbidden at that time had broken up and they recorded Divine Intervention, which was an okay album.
0: Yeah, that, that opening um, drum line, though, dude, on that album's fucking nasty to me. Dude, just the way that album fucking. I
4: was a freshman in
0: high school. That shit was
2: huge to me, dude. That's what I'm saying, dude. That <laughs> I knew, I knew it wasn't like the exact same Slayer and shit. I could tell already, right. But I still love that album. I thought it was an aggressive, very piece aggressive. Of music. I thought,
4: I, I thought, I thought compared to the others, it was uninspired.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was written um, as well.
4: It had. I could listen to the album and I would forget the songs. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's that's the way it was. It's good me.
1: compared to other stuff, but when you compare it to what Slayer had done to right. that point, yeah. it was it was weak.
4: Right, right.
1: But I mean, it's still a you know, good it was, album. It just to compare it to it was other. good.
4: It was fucking right.
1: South of Heaven, Rain and Blood, and fucking Seasons, uh, Seasons but, in the Abyss. I mean, goddamn, that's a tough three three fucking albums to fucking come back. with. three monsters. You almost got to give him a fucking, you know, a a pass on that one. Yeah.
4: I would give him a pass, except it didn't get any I know,
1: that's what I was just going to (laughs) say. Paul Bostoff, I think, is a hell of a drummer, but I think the the absence of Lombardo Lombardo, uh, in that chemistry of that band, I think, really changed him a lot.
4: Because because when I saw him on that tour, when he did the Lombardo stuff, it lacked... He was kind of sloppy, you know, with the drumming, drumming for the Lombardo stuff. I just don't think he had he had the chops that Lombardo had. Yeah, because Lombardo played; he was fast and tight, and he wasn't sloppy. Right. How do you compare to a god? <laughs> um, you know, and, that, and that, that 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 time, you know, there were a couple other drums who was as good as Lombardo. Um, Charlie Benante, right? Another one who's who's a fast and you know. Flawless drummer. John right. Tempest is probably one of my Hoagland, as you already I'm, talked about. Obviously Hoagland. Richard uh, Christie. John, Tempe- uh, John Tempest. Tri- well, well he John Tempest Christie wasn't really around at that time though. Right. Oh yeah.
1: Around here he was though. <laughs> He's from Missouri. Yeah, he, yeah. came
4: from, he came from the mid yeah. yeah. He he still, cause I think his first band was death was, was Death. His first major band I should say. Yeah. Was Death.
1: Yeah, he's from Missouri, because the guys I used to play with in Low 12, in their first band, played a show with him, and uh, in whatever the name of the band was, I don't recall now, a death metal band from uh, Missouri, but then he left and moved to Florida and joined Death, and then, of course, you know the rest of the story. But the rest is history. Right, but sorry to take you away.
4: No, that's all right. But um, four years later, they released... um, and musica Diablos and fucking shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad, but again, compared to those other ones right it's just not as good
4: well when you try to when you try to attempt to go new metal you you detune and it's obviously you're you're trying to be a new you're trying to gain a new metal crowds. I I couldn't I couldn't even listen to that. Album. I, I think I heard it a couple times and I was like, you know what? This is garbage. I liked it. And
1: I yeah, I like some of the songs on it, but I, I don't know about new. If I would say they were trying to be new metal, but I agree. Compared to those classics, it's it doesn't hold a candle to it. But I didn't think it was that bad.
4: But I know you disagree. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought it was horrible.
2: Yeah, I was a big hater on it when it came out. Yeah. I actually, uh, it made me appreciate "God Hates Us All" more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, exactly. I like that one too. And that's what I'm saying. When they came out, I was like, on nine oh,
1: eleven, okay. it fucking came out. That's I remember true. I went yeah. to buy it at Best Buy, right on my way home from finding out about the towers, my cancer, all that shit was going on the yeah. same day. Bought that Slayer album on 9/11, threw it in the CD player, and I'm jamming. Fucking God ATE us all. Driving home, like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? This is crazy. Like, maybe the well, fucking world is coming to an end. Like, holy shit.
0: The, the fucking Diabolus and Music album. Like, me and Michael were working in a uh, kitchen hotel at the or the hotel kitchen there in Bloomington and shit. And fucking, we had uh, we had that album playing. There's a bunch of uh, Mexican people at work there, or whatever, and they're looking at us like, "What the fuck?" We're like Diablos of music. and They're like, "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> we know all about Diablos. <laughs> Diablo production. Obviously,
4: obviously, in 1990, uh, in 91, they came with God hates us all. Fuck yeah. Not, not, um, 91. I actually, I,
2: not 91. not ninety one. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. I'm sorry. Two thousand one. <laughs> Chemo brain. Yes, September
1: eleventh. Um, man, crazy.
4: Um, I actually, I was able to get it the day before because I also got the. Of course the, you um, were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I had, I had a record store that allowed me. He would, he would get, he would sell it to me a day early. Nice,
0: nice, um, nice.
4: Got that hookup. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that that was the same day I got the Dream Theater. Um,
1: yeah, that picture of that life
4: from New York, yeah. Mm. Which that albums worth money now? Oh, I'm sure. Um but um I actually I actually dug God Hate the saw. I thought it was I thought it was a step in the right direction yeah, yeah, me too. I, I liked
2: it. I agree.
4: You know, and um it sounded like they were going back to the old slayer, to the old the old form. Um the the you know, thrash the, the lyrics, Fucking, yeah. the content, yeah. Um, and I actually saw him on that tour, and um, that was one of the better. To- that was the last time I saw him. The tour because the tour before that sucked, it was horrible. But um, yeah, they were great on this tour. Um, you know, and then there was the rumor that Dave Lobardo was coming back. That Bal Posto Ball, Ball left and they were getting Lombardo back and it was the next album was gonna be it, it was gonna be the next big thing. Right. And um you no, know, they put out what Christ's Delusion in two thousand six. Yeah. Well what Virgil supposed to come out in two thousand six. I think it came out in nineteen ninety eight or around then. And um another fucking disappointment. Um, I just don't know what happened. I I, I don't know if, if if they lost. You know, I if if Tom Araya lost interest or somebody lost interest. Yeah. Um, it's
0: Catholicism, man.
4: <laughs> it just it just seemed like uninspired. You know.
1: Yeah, it's hard know, to be that- angry like that when you got money and like you're not really having to work and you're just kind of chilling. And you're in your 40s, and- so maybe that's it. Like you it's hard to capture that aggression of youth when you're fighting to, you know, make it so to speak and maybe Lombardo leaving really was kind of the death knell, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I think they still put out good stuff, but it was Not nearly as groundbreaking as it was back when they started, and I think it increasingly just, we kind of almost get desensitized to them, and then, you know, when they, you know, were on the decline, it just seemed like they fell so far, but, you know, they were still putting out good stuff, it just wasn't nearly... It was just the generic. Good, the, well, the also they
2: spent so much fucking time touring too. Yeah, they did tour that quite it would, a bit. It, it's got to be hard to tongue, just be able man. to write music whenever you're constantly on the move, right? Yeah,
0: and not just in the United
2: States, overseas.
0: Oh, yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Oh yeah, like all the big pests in Europe, dude. Like nonstop.
2: Right.
4: But they, I mean, that's how they were making their money. Oh, so. oh, oh sure, sure. Yeah, you, you, you can't fault them for that. No, either. not at all. Not at all. And um. You no, know, then they came out with um, World Paint of Blood, which had the worst guitar sound by Slayer I ever heard. <laughs> it was like such a thin sound. I I was like, the songs are actually good on it. It's just it's Make just it. the sound of the album. Really, yeah. To me, suffers. You know, it, it's like you, you, they, they can't get it together it's like you know you write good songs you have good songs but but the sound isn't there for it um and that was the last album that would feature lombardo again because again he would leave um i think john depp filled in for him after he left on on some on some of the tours and some of the shows and um you know around this time 2011 Jeff Hanneman became, um, ill because he was he had he was bitten by a spider. He had the what was it, necrotizing fasciitis? Yeah, that was fucked up. Where, where his um, basically the flesh on his arm was was all fucked up, and basically like they a had a to cut Bramacus his arm Bruce, up. Yeah, yeah, they had to open his arm up, cut his arm up, and give him skin grafts. Yeah. And um, you know that caused him not to be able to play. So obviously they got Gary Holt for um, the tours around that time. Right. And Gary Holt basically became a member of Slayer while still in Gary Holt's Exodus, a fucking beast, is, man. Holy shit! Did. Wow. But um, you know, and unfortunately, you know Jeff Ham was able to perform some songs on on some of the tours. He couldn't perform the whole all the whole show, but he like on some some shows he would be able to perform like the final two songs he was at least able to do that right um never able to come back full time and unfortunately on um 2013 Jeff him had passed away it's um, fucked it doesn't feel
0: like it's been that long it done. doesn't wow Since seven Jeff years Hademan, yeah. Jesus
4: you know not from spider bites but no, from but, um yeah.
1: liver failure right
4: Liver failure caused by cirrhosis. Obviously, Booze. he was an alcoholic. Um, so, you know, he unfortunately, he passed away.
0: Yeah.
1: Sad. And, um,
4: which is real sad. Because I, I still remember, I, I was going through my first bout of cancer when um, he passed away. Wow. And then, um, you know, Gary Holt basically became a full-time member of slayer um eventually they went back in the studio at some point even though I, th- I thought they would let Holt, you know write some songs and be a writer gary Holt did not write any songs for for the next coming up album which was repentless which was um really good album i like Repentless, oh, yeah, to dude. be honest with you um you know and it, it was a good way to go out because you know they actually had um an album that they should be proud of. Dude. Um that fucking you know. album is so good. Dude, the salt the video. The videos song, are wicked with Danny well, Trejo. Danny Trejo and the yeah. prison scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah, those damn, are dude. sick, man. Those things are so fucking great.
4: <laughs> but um then um you No know, Slater went on the um retirement tour and finally was it last year or the year before? It was right when I we started the
1: podcast because it was, I think, the yeah. first or second episode where we talked about the final the, tour. Yep, it was. Yeah, that's right. So, it so it's right been two years yeah. since,
4: um, you know, since they retired and um, right. called it quits, mm-hmm. and um, basically they're they're getting back together, but it's not going to be Slayer because Tom Araya is He's totally done. retired from music. Yeah, He's right. done. He, he can't do it anymore. Yeah. But supposedly there's going to be a uh, um, Gary King, Gary Holt, and um, Paul Bostoff with somebody else. I forget who it was, are forming a band. Um, I forget who it was. But um, yeah, Tom Araya is totally done. He's he's done with music, um, so he's completely retired. And you know the the. The influence that Slayer has had on on metal the last forty years oh, is um, a lot. Yeah, you can't you can't but, deny what the the influence that they had on on almost every single death metal band, thrash band. Um, you no, know, even around the time where we're, where what was it um, deathcore bands. Well, that's
0: Slayer. what I was, was going to say pretty much any genre at least one member you see them somewhere right somewhere no matter shirt. what they yeah. got a Slayer <laughs> shirt on there's yeah. something they're covering huge influence the bands are covering Slayer songs all the fucking time dude yeah but, I mean,
4: you know so so you can't you can't deny no. what whether whether they were consistent with what they put out or not um they had an influence on the scene and still to this day you know they're still influential. Will
0: never um, not be.
4: Probably, you're probably right, Chris. They probably will always be influential in some one way or the other. Right. Uh, new generations will discover them, like like new generations will discover Sabbath. Exactly. And, you know, and that's the way it is. And and they should be in. A, to me, they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was there but, but. last year and I thought it was a joke. I mean, it was cool to be there, don't get me wrong. But I mean, they got like, you know, people in there, Madonna. I mean, give me a fucking break. You know, what the hell has she ever done for rock and roll? And yet, you know, bands like Judas Priest and bands Maiden and they get snubbed, you know? It just it doesn't make any you sense.
4: Know, even 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 bands that are, you know, just rock and roll like Foreigner right how can you know if a if band like foreigner can't get in what makes you think a band like slayer can right, get
1: right right yeah it's it's kind of you know, silly really
4: so you know the rock and roll hall of fame's a joke but um you know that's pretty much my take on slayer um i hope i did it justice no, that's uh, awesome it's dude. just so much yeah there's a lot there just so much you could do that um it could be a whole episode you know, yeah, on slayer it
1: could it could
4: You could do like a whole hour and a half on Slayer, and still you wouldn't be able to get everything in. Right. But um, now you got a good lost classic for us this time, CK. Band is called Winter's Bane, and the album's called Heart of a Killer. And if somebody could tell me what what the um, what the significance of this band is, I know the name. I know I've heard them, but I don't know. I can't tell you any significance. I'm not sure. Uh, Remember a singer called um, Ripper Owens? Oh yeah,
1: oh, yeah. That's who he sang. For? That was it.
4: That was his band. Oh nice. All right. Um And that was the action, that, that was the same band. I that remember you talking perform. about this
0: now when you talked about Ripper and shit before. Right. I remember you mentioned in Winter's Bane.
4: That. All
1: right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
4: Um, great album. I don't think it's available anymore. Um, I don't really think you could stream it but um Oh well thanks for giving us a classic we can't even fucking <laughs> hear Great. You, 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 could, I mean, you could go you could go on you could go on YouTube and right, find right. it. Right, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um but um you know a Judas Priest influenced band. Um that was the same band where they would perform as Winter's Bane, go back perform a second set in different clothes with um different member or two and, and perform as the um Judas Priest tribute band. Right. Which he was you know, which Jesus Priest found him performing as as that band. Right. Um but definitely a cool a cool album. I believe they're they were still together for a while. They put out a couple albums after Ripper. Um and those albums were, were as just were as good as well with a different singer. Right. But um you know, cool band that um I thought people would want to know about it. That's cool. That was That's yeah. cool. Hell
1: yeah. I'll now, CK, I know uh, you've got some uh, scans back. You had to go to do some scans, and I know you've been battling, you know, all our listeners know and care about you with your cancer fight, um, and I know you had a little bit of an update to share with the listeners. I posted yeah. something on Facebook about it. Um, just, you know, in a simple, simple way, as simple as you can be with this type of thing.
4: Yeah, I went for my follow-up scan on Friday. Had the um, follow-up visit with the doctor yesterday. Um, Results weren't what we were hoping. Um, It seems like the the couple tumors or nodules I have in my chest have gotten a little bit bigger. Um, The tumor in my sacrum has pretty much remained stable. Unfortunately, my spine shows uh a, a new small tumor that that just started to grow that's
0: not cool man a new one is definitely um, not cool bro
4: which may be causing the pain that i've been feeling right the last couple of weeks um actually had a, a consultation which was supposed to be next week with the radiate radiological oncologist um they actually pushed up. I'm going tomorrow afternoon for the consult to see if I could get actual radiation on that area. Okay. Um, we're going to be trying a new chemotherapy after, um, if I get radiation after the radiation, we're going to be trying a new chemotherapy um, on me, which will be back to every two weeks and it will be a infusion. So I'll have to go to the hospital won't be a pill. Right. But um feels that's the best um, option right now that we're gonna try. Um Wow. So you know see what happens. Well you've been you know, in a hell of a
1: fight, dude, and your your optimism yeah, and your fucking just attitude is impressive, man. I keep telling you that, but holy shit. We always well, you know, worry about you. You know who
4: you know who gets gets um the props for all that is, is my wife, Laura. Yeah,
1: she does, man. Oh, she's yeah, amazing. You know, she's always with, been
4: without, there, she um, without her, I don't know where the fuck I would be. Right. Um, you know. Yeah, I agree, dude. But, she's um, amazing. You know, when, when I get down, she kicks me in the ass and says, what, are you giving up? And I'm like, no, I'm not giving up. You know, just sometimes you get down and, right. you know, it is what it is. And, you know, you're like, well, fuck, I got to fight. Right. To so, never give uh, yeah. up, homie. So we're going to you know, continue to fight this fucking disease until I kick its ass finally. Well, so that's
1: good, dude. That's where we're at. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. I know we talked yesterday on the phone, and I know you got a hell of an attitude about it. And I know that you would want us to keep talking about fucking metal, so I think it's about time well, to play yeah. some fucking little bit of onslaught here and get into our next segment, so hang tight. Fucking A, man. Some Onslaught, 6-6-fucking-6. Six, six, six. Gotta love the triple sixes, bitch. That's right. Talking about Slayer, too, on top of that. But what have you guys been listening to, Chris? What's uh, What's uh, been the latest, man?
0: Man, today I was jamming. I did a couple of things I've been listening to are like older shit. Like Today I was jamming that Waking the, Waking the Cadaver fucking Beyond Cops, yes. Beyond God. That fucking album, to me, is fucking awesome, dude. I don't know if you've heard it. Have I you have heard that shit, dude? ck
4: i've i've heard i've heard of them i haven't heard that oh yeah, my fucking badass out my god
0: check from new jersey from jersey fuck yeah and also uh fucking necrogoblicon man i love necrogoblicon oh wow those I've guys are great yeah they're fucking awesome dude but they got the fucking hype man too when they're playing the fucking dude <laughs> the net the goblin he's fucking awesome man but fuck yeah <laughs> That's uh, cool. uh old ass fucking uh early to mid 2000s it's a, a deathcore band but called eliza I, they two they, they they put out two albums in two years and that's it but they had like 16 members throughout that two years and oh, two wow. albums. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> yeah they, they put out masochist and uh uh lions of judas and the lions of judas one is way different from the first one but i've been jamming those the past couple of days just that's cool I love to hear it. That's and cool. also that group that's not metal fucking skin, they put out a video for their Columbine album or Columbine song, and it's a fucking badass shit. Huh. So I know some of that. That's cool. Joey, what about you, man?
2: Uh listening to my own shit again. Yeah. That, that, you've been shit. working on yeah. new stuff. Yeah. That's the same. Uh one thing that me and Alex from Cry Tripper, yes. we uh, yes. doing this band Burnt Burnt to a Crisp yeah i saw that and so that's pretty cool we're actually gonna premiere that at hoi which will be fun we oh, had, cool. did three songs for a uh, split we we're gonna put out but um i love the split too yeah. <laughs> but what i'm jamming in my car right now is uh sanctuary into the mirror black
4: which- Oh, they're coming up on the 30th anniversary <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah Re-release. Wow. Yep, it's coming out with a re release on the end of this month of that album of that album, yep. Oh,
2: sweet, sweet. Oh, nice. Yeah.
4: Fuck fucking World Dane, man. Yeah. I,
2: <laughs> I actually hadn't even listened to them for, like, a long time, and I saw the disc, and I was like, oh, shit, I need to put this
1: on. That's cool. CK, what about you, man?
4: Um, I've been, like, all over the place. Like, um, Dil- so I've been listening to some diligence Escape Plan. Fuck yeah, I love Dillinger. Um, Satan's Host. Um, some Overkill. And I've been digging a new ACDC tune. I heard, I uh, heard that it. they
1: had a song, but I haven't heard the song yet.
4: So. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's, you know, That's cool. Obviously, it's it's, it's ACDC, sure, but, um, sure. you know, it, it kicks ass.
1: I'll tell you, I heard a new Accept song, and I did not like it. I don't know no. what it is about <laughs> it. It's kind of bland, like... I'm kind of unimpressed. I was really psyched that they had. I, did, it.
4: I didn't even know. I didn't even know they had a new song yet. Yeah,
1: out. I heard. A, or why, there's a video for it, and I was not that impressed with the video or the song. It was just kind of blah.
2: I got uh, some. Uh, I got some friends over in Germany in a band, Cerebral Anima, grind band. Yeah, they're really good, but they also working on this thrash album, and I linked it to CK today. One of the songs, but they're called yeah, An- Annexation
4: oh that that song was killer yeah
2: and i mean they kept telling me they're like yeah we're doing this thrash project and i was like okay yeah i want to check it out and then they finally uh, you know linked me that day i was like wait this is fucking good oh wow so uh, i'm gonna try to get that that full album nice
4: yeah yeah because that 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 has i i the album's out but it's like important it's like a crazy price yeah
2: it is (laughs) uh i'm Maybe because I'm going to talk to them, see if I can get a couple copies from the band because I'm doing a trade with them anyway. So if I can, I'll try to get you on CK, send it to yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, that,
4: that song, that riff in that song is awesome. I'll
2: probably link it to Pete. Maybe we can play it for bumper music or something
4: next
1: Yeah, time. that'd be cool. Yeah. I've been listening to the new Armored Saints stuff. Uh, of course, I watched their streaming concert on Saturday. It was really great. Hell, yeah. Uh, their CD release party at the Whiskey in L.A., and they did it all virtual online, so there was nobody there, but they played on stage. It was great. Uh, they did a question and answer at the end. It was very cool. They played for about 70 minutes and mix of old stuff, uh, new stuff, like four songs off the new album. It was really good, and... And they sounded great, so loved it. I've uh, been listening to a lot of Slayer lately, because, of course, we're doing it tonight. The Slayer. And a little Richard Cheese in there, too. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. So, uh, so Joey, what's the latest with the uh, HOI show coming, coming up, up here? Coming up soon, motherfucker. Yeah, weeks.
2: It's just a little over two weeks now, but uh, everything seems Halloween to be Halloween okay. night, baby. Yeah, it's Halloween night, which we get Forest an extra hour. yeah. Fucking time goes back an hour that night. Oh, so we nice. Get an extra hour. A, uh, and
0: it's a full moon. Yeah. It's uh, Halloween.
2: Damn. Dude. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Some bands have changed, unfortunately, but others haven't. Um, still 12 bands on the bill. It's not bad at all. Right. Uh, it starts cu- early, though, right? Yeah. It starts at uh, 2 o'clocks. whenever it tentatively starts bands at 3. Um, i have a feeling most people are going to be there they're going to be there early on anyway which is cool right people have been waiting to do some shit and a lot of people traveling so that's going to be all right yeah i started seeing you know the bar sharing the event cool and murder the- metal mayhem will be there murder metal will be there, will be there. Uh, We have
1: some merch there so come on and spend
2: a little money hell yeah but I've always been curious too because it's like especially with this year how shit is like right man I'm just holding my breath for this shit just to fucking happen I
0: know uh, the other night we were when we were kicking it for Michael's birthday he's just Cash was just straight up just like dude I just want to wake up on November first yeah. and everything just went off cool and I'll
2: yeah. be all right by right, then. Right. No, <laughs> yeah, it I should be imagine. all right though, man. And like I said, the bar was fucking sharing the event, and then I even got hit up today by them and they were like, So what kind of beer should we order for the pe you know like what's oh, cool. most people drink? Yeah, you, so, so right, fucking, a
0: of this kind of
2: beer. Halloween, right. October thirty first, five dollar show, twelve bands, fucking middle Illinois if you guys yeah. are around, like it's worth get it. Her done. It's cool. There's not a lot of shit happening this year, so fucking
1: and we're doing a special special episode for hoi yes, uh, we're gonna play it the last week of october so you'll get to hear some of the bands and we're going to talk about the show and much more in depth we're actually going to be recording that one uh, this saturday so all right um also we found out this week uh, that mark sugar the guitar player from bear mace ck you got that new album it's fucking ripping killer it is it's, it's great we played a song last week uh let crack the whip and it's a badass tune the whole album crushes and mark is a good dude he's going to be on with us we're going to do a, an interview with him on saturday and we're going to record it and of course the 666 club members will get to hear all of it and the rest of you will get to hear piece of it here in the next episode or two. So stay tuned for that.
4: And we'll all, we'll all be on the interview, which will be cool. That's
1: right. It'll be the first time we've ever done it like this. So, oh, yeah. uh, so that'll be awesome. All right. So uh, I think we've done plenty of metal tonight. Metal. So CK, what the fuck do we need to do? Mayhem!
2: Are you tired of your girl having some nasty, stank-ass pussy? Something that smells like an animal died up in there? Well fear no more, thanks to Dr. Geen Vagina Maintenance, you can say goodbye to that graveyard inspired rotten crotch forever. Yes, my wife's pussy smelled like 10 motherfuckers died up there, but when I applied
0: Dr. Gein Vagina Maintenance Cream, it smelled fresh and new.
2: Give your wife our special Mother's Day Pussy Be New basket with a tube of the maintenance cream, a bottle of our special jizz-absorbent powder to keep the cum crystals down, and a hand towel to wipe that fucker down. Thanks, Dr. Gein. Her pussy smells so good. I might just cut it off and put it in the shoebox with all the others. Well, uh, that's a topic for another day, son. Dr. Gein Vagina Maintenance. Buy some today for that rotten crotch pussy you love to hate.
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 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 that's gotta be probably the best one we've ever done so, so, so fucking ridiculous Dude, so with good. my son the fucking the two joeys <laughs> in there doing yeah, that the, shit the fucking
0: jizz oh, <laughs> <damn>.
1: <laughs> and the
2: hand towel to wipe that fucker down I think that oh, one was man. like we did that one so long ago like I didn't uh, I didn't bother to read through it well enough before I started to try to do it right and right? then just started cracking up dying
1: <laughs> like, yeah those are so fun we got it we got some. More we're gonna do Saturday, CK. So prepare yourself. I'm sure we'll call on you for That'd some. Be cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, all right, guys. Well, we are in mayhem. We just passed the two hour mark here, so we Fuck, are yeah. crushing it with some Slayer discussion, and of course, Yuba County Five moving into mayhem. Of course, uh, you know, fucking Slayer with uh, the that Antichrist, asleep, fucking Antichrist. crushing. I was gonna play that, <laughs> uh, but I decided on the Antichrist there. One of my favorites, man. That is just such an amazing. I remember that song on "Fucking Show No Mercy," Hell just yeah. so fucking wicked. But we are in mayhem, and CK, you said you had a, a mayhem story. Chris has a has one to share as well. So
0: yeah, another ridiculous. Go ahead, something. CK. Go ahead, CK. What, what
1: what do you have for us?
4: Well, this goes back a couple of years ago when I was when I was at work now i work for a retail business i'm store management i'm not going to give the name but it's a big chain in the northeast you're probably manager
2: where i work yeah right
4: (laughs) (laughs) not not unless you're food
2: food no i'm on the retail but we are from the northeast too so (laughs)
4: yeah, <laughs> right. but um, I'm not, I won't. I won't give the name because I'm still employed. Uh,
2: you would like to remain employed?
4: Yes. Um, I was opening the store one one morning, so I go in at seven, a little bit before seven. And my normal routine is: I walk in, I walk the store, I say hi to the night crew, make sure there's no issues. Um. Didn't see anything through my initial walk. And I go in the office, do payroll real quick, and and walk the store. So I did this that morning. So I get ready to walk the store after I do payroll. And I'm walking the back aisle. And I'm walking and I'm looking and there's something in the middle of the aisle. I'm like, I go, this can't be what I think it is. I hope it's poop. I get closer, and it's a log of shit. Yeah! Fuck
3: yeah!
4: I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. (laughs) Dude. One. Wow. There's no way someone could just drop, draw, and take a shit like that. I've seen videos, bro. You've seen those videos? I've seen those. Oh my god. Yeah. So, I get my porter to clean the mess. I give him um a, a store uh, a like a tech scrubber an associate you know card because that's beyond the call of duty. Ah, gotcha. Literally. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: literally, like duty. Um,
4: so, so I call my um my security guy and I go, Are "You by any chance coming to the store today?" He goes. I wasn't, but he goes, I can, if you need me, I go, I said, you got to come in <laughs> and check something out for me. So I told him, I'll well, have, he goes, so he goes, I'll be there. He goes, actually, I'll be on my way now. So 20 minutes later, he comes in, he goes to the security room, goes on the cameras, and we're looking, and it was like, had it be like a guy, probably like in his mid-60s. Oh, Wow. Stops. You you see him stop, and like he puts out his ass a little. (laughs) like come get this boy. Damn. Right. So so, he starts shaking his leg. And as, as you see, it's just like, oh. you see the shit come out. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I only wish wow. I had shit that solid. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you can wait like, really get to the bathroom. It was like, The oh bathroom was God. literally like 20 feet away. Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked, man. I was in high school with a dude that worked at not the same food establishment as UCK, but a different one in a small town that we both grew up in. And uh, he shit on one of those styrofoam things like they put meat on and wrapped (laughs) it and put a fucking sticker on it and put it in the fucking meat. And it was gone. Somebody bought it, yeah.
0: Oh, that's some asshole shit. Yeah, literally, that's but, fucked up. <laughs> Goddamn! Yeah, like holy that's shit, that's asshole shit. But yeah, yeah. pretty disgusting. <laughs> what the fuck, man.
1: So speaking of pooping in Catch a grocery store, you. yeah, that's really bad. So God damn. Anyway, so, Chris. Yeah, like, so what
0: fucking, are you? doing? Well, like uh, okay, this goes back uh, three days ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Way back when. <laughs> this is uh, Saturday. We and Mike when we were, we're celebrating Michael's. Yeah, birthday. We we're celebrating Michael's birthday. Yeah. Our homeboy who lives here in Hayworth, he fucking, he shows up and he's got this fucking, he's got this fucking motorcycle, dude. Uh, and there's nothing really funny happening. It's just like, holy shit. Like, he's got this fucking little, he's got this crotch rocket that's fucking extended, long as fuck, low to the ground. This motherfucker like does two hundred and twenty miles on this thing and the on just going down the road, dude. So we're like we just Jesus. go out, to, we're just going out to this cemetery just to chill for a minute and whatever. And he's behind us on the bike and we're cruising in Cashman's car. We're doing about fifty five whatever at the time. I'm just sitting there. We have got the music going a little bit. I'm looking out the window. All of a sudden, I hear fucking <laughs> like that, dude. Wow. And this motherfucker is like. Already a half a mile in front of us, dude. Like wow. just fucking straight, gone out of fucking nowhere. And not mind you, we're coming down <laughs> these country roads that got hills and right. shit. He's fucking like, like Yuba County five yeah, shit. Yeah, man. like getting it, dude. Like we're wow. coming. Well, we're coming down uh, straight out Morrissey, coming toward uh, Shirley Road. Okay. By the fucking goddamn Humane Society. Yeah. So fuck, you know how the hills oh, are there. Shit, yeah. There. Like this motherfucker's like getting it, dude. And he gets. All way up in front of us, and still there's this one hill you see bottoms out. Sparks come flying out from under his fucking <laughs> bike. He just shit. keeps going. You can still hear it as far as he was just going. And every time we hit a hill, though, you can hear it go. dude, so ridiculous. So then we go out there, we hang out at the cemetery for a little bit. We turn around, come back. We're cruising down the same road, mind you. Cash was driving. He's like, "Fuck that." He gets up about seven. 75 the homeboy's sitting on he's like like he's passing us so he's on the driver's side of the car keeping up 75 looking straight at us like what up guys <laughs> fucking yeah and he just drops it dude and that motherfucker again instantly as soon as he dropped that gear it's like no like fucking <laughs> gone that's and fucking now the crazy. motherfucker's about to get a hundred shot of nitrous for the motherfucker he said he's headed up to 220 and not even hit sixth gear he only been in fifth gear it's a six-speed bike 220 wow. and fifth. I'm like, dude, you're gonna kill yourself, bro. Plus, yeah. dude, catch me. Where's that helmet at? On the side. Yeah, just hooked to the side <laughs> of his bike. Not even wearing the motherfucker.
2: <laughs> like, just crazy. hooked to the side
0: of his bike. We're just like, dude, this dude's fucking nuts. I guess. But here's where I'm nuts. The next day, Sunday, he came over to hang out for a little bit, and I was and uh, my oldest daughter was like, "Hey, Dad, I want to go for a ride." I was like, "Go on, get it." And he's like, "I'll be nice." And you know, I was like. Be nice. Give her a little taste of what it's got. But don't do that bullshit you do when right? you're by yourself, bro. Yeah, and no. I made her put the helmet on. I'm like, yeah. that helmet's sitting there? You wear that, son yeah, of a bitch. Yeah, big time. But yeah, she came wow. back. She's like, Dad, that was the funnest shit ever. I was like, oh, fuck boy. yeah. Uh, but, dude, <laughs> just the way that bike just was so insanely fast. That's I was crazy. like, I would
1: die, dude. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't like going fast like that. That's for sure. <laughs> he
2: said he's going so fast. The fucking the, uh,
0: telephone, the poles.
2: telephone poles were flying by like fence posts. Like fence posts. Like That's vroom how vroom f- vroom <laughs> vroom. Wow. The
0: fucking striped line in the road is a straight
2: line, dude. Wow. <laughs> like,
1: fucking. That's nuts. dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. And honestly,
0: we might have... He's got a lot of good stories that he was telling while we was hanging out, yeah. too. We might have him in. Like I said, yeah. he lives here in town. Sure. Bring him in and tell some stories for the Mayhem segment. You'll be like, what the Fuck, dude! Yeah. The overall story was yeah. great.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have to get him in then if he wants to come in. All right, well we uh, we've been talking about it tonight. Going back to the Killer Cage match, oh, gentlemen. Yes. Yep. Got a good one for us tonight.
2: Got some listeners to thank, Chris. Say it right, Ash from Evil Dead. Boom sock. Boom. That's Rebecca
0: right. Boom sock. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> And who else God we got, Rebecca? Uh, we got our homeboy, Cody Durst. All right. Goddamn break stuff. Rolling. Fucking goddamn And then we got our old girl, Holly Smithson. Get it in. Hell yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. And got a good matchup tonight, Joey. We got uh, a couple of serial killers going at it.
2: Jeff Dahmer and Catherine Knight. Hell yeah. Get ready ready the to fucking, do fucking battle. cannibal.
1: Yeah, she's Can- battle pretty fucking cannibals. badass. The battle of the cannibals. That's right. Um... And they've got a couple of good objects this time around, CK, to help them out. What? Uh, yeah, it's definitely some, out. Dude, it definitely
0: helps <laughs> both of them up, dude. Yeah, yeah, these. Yeah, come on, CK. What do they uh, got?
4: A cast iron skillet. And a hot poker.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're going to use that to cook. Exactly. There you go. They're all hooked up. Well, let's say
1: whichever one is not going to live through this is going to be supper tonight. Oh, God, oh, for, for real. real. <laughs> and they got a good variable to make it <laughs> <You> interesting <know. laughs> tonight, CK. Who is uh, the what's the variable this time? <laughs>
4: Al Bundy with his eyes gouged Al out.
1: Bundy. Oh and damn! For those
0: of you younger that don't know who Al Bundy is, there's this amazing show from the nineties called "Fucking Married with Children." Yes. watch that shit. Yeah, for you sure. You would never get away with that shit these days. No, not at all. Not at <laughs> he's, all. He's
4: also he's also a football hero. That's oh right. yes, yes, Paul Pol- <laughs> County. You know. It. Yeah. So you get Jeffrey Dahmer
1: and Catherine Knight fighting to death in a cage with a cast iron skillet and a hot poker. And you got Al Bundy wandering around the cage, Joey, with his eyes gouged out. Chris, what the fuck do you make of this?
0: Oh, Al Bundy dies. Catherine Knight and Dahmer is just gonna kill him. And eat yeah, him. I
1: don't think he has a oh, yeah. chance. No, yeah,
0: he's done. Uh, they got so like, he's like got, the
1: appetizer then.
0: Yeah, they got no. They just converge together. Like I don't. Okay, Catherine Knight's just like I don't like dudes the same way you don't like the same way you do like dudes. Okay. Fuck it. And I think they just kill them together, eat them, and then they go their separate ways.
1: Oh, so
2: they don't fight to the death. They don't
0: fight to the death. They just kill Al, and that's it. Joey?
2: I'm taking Catherine Knight over Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) Me too. Physically, I'm thinking Catherine Knight's a meaner bitch, and she'd have a lot more against Jeffrey Dahmer than he would against her. He's not trying to make her into a fucking zombie. Because it's a female. Yeah. Now, Al Bundy with his eyes gouged out. Me personally, from being a huge fan of the show, I think that would be fucking heaven for Al Bundy so he wouldn't to have to Peggy see all no that more. shit. <laughs> and you don't yeah, have to right. look at Peggy no more? Remember when he fucking got the glasses? <laughs> yeah. I and all of a sudden he could see everything. He's like, what the shit? <laughs> I don't even like
4: this. <laughs> CK, what do
1: you think, man?
4: I'm going with Catherine Knight. She's going to take that fucking cast iron skillet and bash the shit out of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yep. Yeah.
1: I think she's going to bash Dahmer and Bundy and he fucking have like Skin a him. golden corral fucking <laughs> Skin him, like a-, <laughs> a fountain of fucking men fucking... Juices make all the fucking meat, right? And make of, some, she's some
0: clothing with her
4: skin because yeah. that's what
1: she does. She'd be hooked up, man, with two fucking full grown men to
2: fucking chomp
4: on for a while. She probably I use I, the I cage. just picture Al Bundy just walking around, going, pig, pig,
2: pig. <laughs> <laughs> I I figure she would use a cage, like in Silence of the Lambs, and string the bodies up. Oh, oh there, you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I
1: think we we get some good uh, gets a good outcome for God that damn. one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I still think they're both going to kill him and walk away from each other. uh, That's
1: very possible. (laughs) Now I've got I've been busy writing uh, for Creation of Chaos three. I got a couple of short three short stories done: The Creep, The Last Supper, and The Six 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 Express. Joey, you got to read. The 666 Express, and CK did as well. Uh, You said that you liked it. I I enjoyed
2: it big time.
1: And we're going to do a reading of that for uh, December, so we'll all have some speaking parts in that. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to do The Last Supper for Thanksgiving week because that's a story about uh, Thanksgiving. Hell, yeah. Very brutal. And I'm working on my version of the Telltale Heart called The Eyes Have It. And it is very sick. A little mash-up of the Texas Eyeball Killer and the Telltale Heart in one story. So All it's of gonna them be...
2: have the in the beginning. Duh. Yes, they not do. Now that I see it, I'm they like... They do. The, the, the. Yeah, not
1: by design. <laughs> no, but, uh, I do that
2: with albums sometimes. I'll be like... I just wrote five songs that all got the in the beginning. Right. Switch it up. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: Well, I actually toyed around with just calling it 666 Express, but it seemed weird. No,
2: no, it sounds good. Yeah.
1: Uh, So I've been busy with that. Thank you, CK. Thank you. Uh, Several more in the works. Going to do an H.P. Lovecraft story, The Thing on the Doorstep, which should be good. Um, I also did a Facebook Live last night uh, on my writing page that uh, seemed to go over pretty well. It was about a half hour. Got a lot of questions from readers all over the place. It was pretty nice, cool. Badass. And uh, CK, you were checking that out. And,
4: uh, yes, I was. It came out
1: good. Thanks. Thanks. It was fun and uh, something I'll probably do again. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'll keep you guys posted. So. All right, well, we've done plenty of mayhem tonight, guys, and this is a long episode, but we got to hit that outro. <laughs> Fucking A, man. I love that song. At dawn they sleep from Hello Waits. Oh, my God. Been good jamming some fucking Slayer here. Holy shit. How do you pair it down to three songs, though, right? All right. Well, I think that's, you know... Just been a great uh, episode tonight, guys. So yeah, Yuba uh, County Five was good, and then of course the Slayer stuff and some, some mayhem, Killer Cage match, some mayhem tales, some poop stories. Can't go wrong. <laughs> All the bumper music tonight, guys. By fucking Slayer. So had to do it. Uh, CK, who uh, who cranks up your intro music?
4: Chrysics.
1: Fucking a and Chris, uh, murder metal mayhem's intro.
0: Low no, motherfucking twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, the six
1: six fucking six intro music by who? Cheerio, Onslaught. That's it. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Go check out SpellboundEffectsandArt.com. Support indie artists like Tony Campagna. He's got a great catalog you can order from Halloween here in a couple of weeks. But fuck Halloween 24-7. Yeah. Tony's bringing it all the time. Uh, also, thanks again to artist Lou Rusconi for the awesome T-shirt the ed- oh, yeah. or the Kevorkian shirt I got. Uh, you could go check out Lou's artwork uh, T shirts, amazing Lou Rusconi Art. Threadless. dot com uh, for all his designs. I'll link to that in the episode description. But Lou's a good guy and really, really talented artist. And
2: Threadless uh, is a company out of Chicago, so we rep that shit. That's right. That that that's shit. right.
0: Illinois baby.
1: Yeah, I got actually. It's funny you say that because when <laughs> I got the shirt, it came from Chicago, yeah. and I didn't know what it was at first <laughs> till I opened it. Uh, so thanks to everybody listening out there. We keep seeing those numbers rolling in and we do appreciate it, all of you that are out there. Chris, we got good a good first comment here.
0: We got uh D Crampton says my cousin has been talking about this podcast the past few months. I finally got a chance to listen. I love it. The episode you did on BTK was my favorite so far, but have a bunch to get caught up on listening in Tampa, Florida. So get it down there in Tampa, baby. Fucking goddamn death metal. The home of death, man.
2: Right, that's what I'm
1: saying. That's a good comment. Thank you, D. Appreciate it. Joey, what about the next
2: one, dude? Uh, The second one is from Randy Eubanks. And he commented, The Hellcoming contest was great. I ordered some of the peanut butter. I can't wait to tear it up. Hell Eat the yeah. whole
1: motherfucking jar, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. That's some good goddamn peanut butter, man. Some fucking good, good, good shit. That's right. <laughs> good PB. CK, you've got another one here. Love this screen name. <laughs> this screen here. name is great. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I snorted. Because <laughs> it's so funny.
1: It is good.
4: Rick. Re- Rachel Ray is a whore. Eighty-seven. That's hilarious. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> wow, got something against uh, Rachel so, Ray, I guess. Huh? Have you guys featured Bolt Thrower yet? I love old school death metal. The Bear May shit you talk about is really good. I ordered a CD last night. Guys, support it. And yes, we did fuck do it. Bolt Thrower. We did. Um, I believe it was the first. Uh, one of the earlier ones in our first year. I can't uh, yeah, remember exactly right. which episode. Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember. Right. Either, yeah, I do but, remember
0: covering them, but I can't think of the episode yeah. at the moment. But yeah, we totally did. Yeah, and I hear, it's, I it's definitely a, hear bolt.
1: Th- I re- definitely hear bolt thrower in that bear. I do Maze recall
0: stuff. myself saying, "Throwing bolts." <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's that's awesome, and uh, glad that uh, Rachel Ray is a whore. Eighty seven bought the CD too. That's really cool. Well,
0: <laughs> oh, that's so. great, dude. Help, yeah, thanks. That's for awesome, more, man.
1: Chris. The last one you want to read? That you last got one.
0: Sonny hate Share six six six. That's a fucking weird. God, you gotta love that one. Yeah, yeah that's your name is good crazy, one. dude. Anyway, uh, Sunny says, uh, the episode on the Bartonville Asylum was great. I used to live in Peoria but moved to Nevada years ago. The place is creepy as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been there. Obviously, Pete has. And from Pete's recollection, it seems creepy. But yeah, it is. fuck yeah, dude. Thanks for listening, Sonny.
3: Yeah.
1: Can't share. Definitely, definitely. Uh, don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com to listen to all our past episodes Uh, Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And make sure you check us out. Some of those new platforms are on Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iTunes, and more. And it really helps if you guys leave comments and rank the show, rate the show. uh, Wherever you go to listen, do us a favor. Drop a comment. Uh, It helps move it up the food chain. More people get to see it. We hear agree. so yeah, we could use the exposure. So appreciate that. Uh, you can support the show and join that six 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 club. Keep talking about it. Patreon dot com slash Murder Metal Mayhem will get you there. You could join for just three bucks a month. Join up. We got bonus episodes, that's guys. We than... did a Dahmer episode yeah. that they're missing out if they haven't uh, listened to that. And about and that's... to
4: do, and about to do yeah, well, Ramirez. we are do, doing a Richard Ramirez episode, so yeah, we, that'll be coming up.
1: We got that one we coming got, up in a couple we of weeks.
0: Interviewing for part of it coming up this Saturday. Yeah, we're so. going to
1: be interviewing Jeff Gaither, the artist. He corresponded with uh, Ramirez, and our own Joey here also corresponded with Ramirez. So that's so going to be really insight. fun. To talk about that, we're going to do some of that this weekend, and then the rest of it will be recorded at the end of the month. So we got a lot going on here. And if you're a member of the 666 Club, you'll get to hear it. If not, you'll be S-O-fucking-L.
0: Fuck off!
1: Uh, you could go check out my books, PeteAltieri.com, if you're interested in that or getting in on one of those live, episode, live events I do. Uh, don't miss the next one. We're going to talk about the crazy case of Paul Bateson. The X ray tech on the Exorcist actually killed somebody fucking nuts. Yeah. And suspected of killing six more in what they called the bag murders in New York City. So it's a, a wild fucking tale. Hell yeah. We'll dig into that and the curse that seems to have surrounded the movie franchise. Pretty wild stuff.
2: Continuing our October march. Yes, keeping with the creepy. I'll
4: be, I'll be doing Doing Ghost that, that week. So that's be right.
2: Cool.
1: You're doing ghosts yeah he's going to do ghosts ghosts
0: really yeah that's cool
1: i'm not into him but i think a lot of our listeners probably are i definitely can't be the judge no of, i
0: definitely ain't gonna judge cuz
1: am definitely uh got a very finite taste in music
0: i have a fucking open mind i've never actually listened to him a lot i've dude. heard I a really couple of their care, songs
1: it's all right it's just not really my thing uh, I'm but so, i would so, be curious to hear me about super it super
0: curious CK. so yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, we can't let him go without hearing a song we'd all thought you'd like. Now, since we're doing Slayer tonight, Joey had originally suggested last week that I redo a, or do a karaoke song of a Slayer tune. And we thought, well, that kind of takes away from the fun of it because it wouldn't be funny. It, yeah, it's not a. Although it would be fun to do, it wouldn't be funny. Right, but right, this right, right. is funny. This is Richard Cheese. Hope you dig it. Crank it the fuck up. And until next
0: time, keep one foot in the gutter. And keep your feet trudging through the snow up that mountain so you find safety.
4: Propaganda, death ensemble, burial to be... Is rotting through the night In blood-laced misery Scorched earth, the policy The reason for the siege The pendulum that chains the blade The scraping air blood rain.
2: Support the war War support final swing is not a drill It's how many people kill